Welcome back to another episode of The Owen Show, episode 19, back in person, not through the interwebs. We are here on I'm the couches. I'm not going to even say no technical difficulties without knocking on some wood <laughs> right, because yeah. we said it last time and my mic wasn't picking up. We said so. it three minutes ago and then his mic stopped working, so don't matter. We're here. We're I'm happy to, to be here. The Super Bowl is upon us. The Pro Bowl is in the books. I cannot believe that it Super Bowl Sunday is this week. I'm not prepared for it, honestly. I have to work a double that day, so I'm not super excited. But Despite us literally talking about football every single week since the season started, it feels like this like it feels like week three was yesterday. Yeah. I feel like I watched Justin Tucker hit the longest field goal in NFL history yesterday. I have no idea where the season went. I feel like this happens every year, but I digress. I still think some of the rookie quarterbacks can show some potential with the remaining season they have left. A lot of them have a lot to prove still. We'll see what happens. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Fan questions this week. We got two and a half. I'm going to call it two and a half. Okay. Because the third one was untitled. But um, this first one comes from us to, from, to us, from Evan Thomas down in Athens, Georgia. Uh, he saw this trend on TikTok, and he wanted us to kind of go over this and kind of give us our take. Um, what? Who are the best NFL players from every SEC school? So we took this as current. Obviously, all time, this completely changes. Yeah, yeah. But currently, we have a list put together. We're going to go over it right now. Uh, somewhat alphabetically, there may be a team or two that's kind of mixed back and forth here, but... We'll get it nonetheless. Obviously, Alabama is the elephant in the room, no pun intended. Uh, Derrick Henry is who we went. That was good. That was that was, good. that was on the spot, too. Like, I forgot their mascot was an elephant, so you even made the joke, honestly. Yeah. Uh, Derrick Henry, best running back in the NFL. Yeah. Pretty hard not to be there when you're the best at your a lot, of, a lot of options at this one. Some of these schools, we were, you know, we were grasping. If you yeah, you, we grasped on some. There's a clear-cut favorite on a couple, but, like, Alabama was one of the ones where, like, you it can was, pick some. There's some good players on. Yeah, there's there's definitely a couple guys that are top five at their yes. position. Um, Arkansas, Hunter Henry, yeah, one of the easier ones. There were a couple other notable names there, but Hunter Henry definitely stuck out amongst Absolutely. the rest. Auburn, Cam Newton. There's a couple guys. Derek Brown. There's a couple guys that stuck out on the list, but nobody that could really trump what Cam's done in his career. Right, right. Because if we're saying active right now, Cam Newton's won an MVP. Nobody on that list has come no, close to an MVP. Not even close. Um, Florida, Kyle Pitts, yeah. another one. Now, you asked me three, four years ago. There's obviously some other names on there, but the Pouncey Twins. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Pouncey Twins have retired recently. Percy Harvin had his injury issues, so we're going Kyle Pitts from Florida. I guess it did specify NFL, not MLB, too. So That's true. Tim it, Tebow was a beast in Who is the ball. best player out of every SEC school to play MLB and NFL? There you go, Tim Tebow. Yeah, there it is. There he is. Shameless plug. Uh, Georgia, Nick Chubb, the land of the running backs with Sony Michelle and Todd Gurley as well. Uh, if Todd Gurley was in his prime, obviously he would be the pick here. But Nick since Chubb is better right now, and Todd Gurley didn't do enough in his prime to like separate. Todd Gurley's back. peak, I think, was higher, but I it was one year. It was a single so, year. Yeah. Um, Kentucky, Josh Allen, not the quarterback, the defensive end, pick seven to the Jags, outside linebacker, technically yeah. speaking, but yes. Um, I'm trying to – who's the other name? Zadarius Smith was the other Kentucky yeah. guy that was here. So two edge rushers, both of them very good. We went with Josh Allen. LSU, I mean, take your pick. Yeah, this one was a little bit tougher. I think this one was honestly tougher than Alabama was. 
Because yes, yeah, Derrick Henry stuck out a little bit. I think we're going Joe Burrow. Yeah, uh, Justin Jefferson is the other name. Obviously, the pops here to me. It's hard to not pick a quarterback that's in a Super Bowl right now. Yeah, agreed. What's crazy is that there's also two wide receivers from LSU, being Odell Beckham and Jamar Chase. They're both going as yeah, well. That's true. Um, uh, Mississippi State, Dak Prescott. Uh, there was some defensive linemen that came out of Mississippi State. Was it Mississippi State? I believe that like Jeffrey Simmons maybe. and some other guys, Fletcher Cox, maybe that yeah, went. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah, so they had some defensive linemen down for Mississippi State, but it's a quarterback-driven league. We're going it Dak is. Prescott. Um, Ole Miss, AJ Brown, not even close. Is college teammate DK, and there was one other guy that stuck off the list, but yeah, he's he's far and away the best. DK yeah. had a very disappointing year this year. So. He did. Um, Missouri, Mitch Morse. This was probably, I think, uh, this is second to worst, I think. Mitch no, Morse is an no. offensive line for the Bills. Well, okay, yes. It, it's second worst for the player they picked, but the school had some people at least you had heard of. This was yeah. probably the third worst school in the SEC. It's definitely bottom three for sure. But the oh, the pick in this one was pretty rough. Yeah. Uh, South Carolina, Debo Samuel. Obviously, if Jadavion Clowney was still playing at a high level, he'd probably be up there being a number one overall pick. But after the crazy year Debo had, there was no one that was really There's some solid touch. players that came out of definitely year too. Definitely. I mean, it is the SEC. Yeah. Tennessee, Alvin Kamara. Yeah. This is a school that probably the pick is better than – who did we just mention? Mitch Morse and Missouri. Missouri. The pick is better than Missouri. The school as a whole – was worse, yeah. I would say. Tennessee doesn't have much riding for it. Tennessee right. was probably the second worst besides Alvin Kamara. Yeah. Uh, Texas A&M, surprisingly competitive. Yeah, pretty good. Um, we had Mike Evans, and then who's the other defensive player that was there with Miles Garrett? We ended up with Miles Garrett. Mm-hmm. Von, Miller. Von Miller. That was the other one. So, that was, I mean, that's a solid big three right yeah. out the gate. We're going Miles Garrett. He's the top three, top two edge rusher in the game. Yeah. Um, and then the last school, Vanderbilt. Last but certainly not least. Most certainly least. I was like, most certainly least. Yeah, yeah they definitely that, Definitely the least. This um, one was impossible. Yeah, Casey Hayward is who we went with. Yeah. Zach Cunningham is the only other name that would really even have an argument. That's just because he led the, la- the league in tackles two years ago. That would have been about I it. I mean, the only reason I went, we I kind of forced Casey Hayward here because he made two Pro Bowls. Yeah, he, he had- was... At his peak was definitely better than Zach Cunningham was. Yeah. To tell you that much. Zach Cunningham just got cut by the Texans this season. So it's kind of cool to do deep dives like this. Of like, you're like, oh, didn't realize that guy. Like yeah. Stephon Gilmore, I totally forgot he was a Gamecock. You know? Yep, went to South Carolina. So there's there's some players on there. And you're like, oh, I'm surprised how good their pedigree is. And you're yeah. like, man, LSU's only won one championship with all these dudes. That all these season. guys, and we didn't even talk about the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, they had a ton of corners. Uh, just receiver-wise, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Odo Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry, you have Joe Burrow, yeah. then you have Tyron Matthew, Patrick Peterson. Leonard um, Fournette. Leonard Fournette yeah, came running out. back. Like, you have talent everywhere. Patrick Queen. Like, yeah. there's tons of talent that came out of LSU. And you're like, it's, it's comparable to Alabama's, I would say. But the crazy part is, is Alabama has six, six national championships. Show for it, and LSU has like what two in the last twenty years. Yeah, when was the one? What is it? Nick Saban before he went to Alabama was the last one. No, Les Miles. Les was, Miles and Coach O. Those yeah, are the two. Les Les Miles was the last one. Fair enough. Well, that's that. Um, this next fan question comes to us from Mr. Gene Shea's stepdad down in Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been having this debate at work. With some coworkers, 
said he wants us to end the debate here on the show, and we'll be happy to do so. Yeah. Uh, which collegiate trio would be scarier in the NFL? Joe Burrow, Justin Jefferson, and Jamar Chase, or Kyle Trask, Kyle Pitts, and Kadarius Toney? Now, for the Florida fans, I love Kyle Pitts. I love Kadarius Toney. Is Mr. Mr. Gene's got to be a Florida fan, right? I, he's not, actually. Oh, I, I assumed he was because Shea was, but... As far as I know, he's not. I could be wrong. Okay. I, obviously, Shea is. And I love Kadarius Toney. I think he's going to be... I honestly think Kyle Trask might be halfway decent as well. He was a... Dude's a great college quarterback to boot. But we're talking about a guy that's leading his team to the Super Bowl, a receiver that's also on that team, and a top-five receiver in the game of Justin Jefferson. Yeah, this isn't even like a close argument. This, this LSU trio. Now, and, and it's just it's unfair because Joe Burrow started from day one. Justin Jefferson was a game-changer, and Jamar Chase is a game-changer. Versus Kyle Trask, who has not star- – I would be willing to go out on a limb and say he hasn't played a snap, let alone started a game. Because I'm pretty sure they went to Blaine Gabbert in – in garbage time. Yeah, he – well, he – so Kyle Trask was on the practice squad for most of the season. There it is. So yeah. he wasn't active for a lot of this season. Yeah. So when it was Brady – it was Brady and Gabbert. Mm-hmm. And then when when uh, Brady – well, Brady never – he got hurt in the games. But, yeah, garbage time it was playing Gabbert. Yeah. So. Kyle Pitts, obviously, pro bowler, speaks for itself. Still yeah. would not put him in front of Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase after the years that they had. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. You have an argument for Kyle Pitts to be in that conversation, maybe. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, for for Jamar Chase versus Kyle Pitts for offensive rookie of the year. I mean, Jamar Chase is it hands and away. Yeah. So. And then Kadarius Tony, I love him. I hope that they figure out a way to use him. Apparently, within the last couple of days, he's become like a trade target for some teams that are looking at him. And they're thinking about moving him, which is very its very under the radar. Like I'm surprised they want to move him. I don't think they want to move him. I think if a team offers, they're not going to turn it down is mm-hmm. a better way to put it. Like They're not like, hey, take Kadarius Tony." But if somebody called, they were like, what well, are they listen. Gonna, what are they going to get for him? I don't know at You're this point. You're not going to get a first back. No, definitely not. So then why would you move him? Keep him. You gotta, what do you have nothing to lose? I would agree. I, I would definitely keep him because he's a weapon going forward. We all saw that in the Dallas game. He was an animal. But if you take the Dallas game away, let's let's start with a hot take here. I'm gonna argue. This is this might be a little warm. Bring it on. Beginning of the show. Starting off hot. Brian Dayball's offense is probably gonna be better than Jason Garrett's. Well, I know, I know. That's I'm smoking uh, hot over here. That might calm be, down. Might be a little early for. Are you telling days. me that a quarterback sneak on third and nine is an optimal? Because <laughs> yeah. that's what we're doing. That's that's what we're trying to argue right now. So I, I'm gonna say, I mean, watch. Maybe he'll be good in the future. I really think that he's gonna be an animal. And if Kyle Trask starts this year, who knows? He very well could be very productive. And he's taken over a great roster. I was like, that's what I'm saying. Is and we'll talk about the Bucks. I'll talk about the Bucks here in a little bit. But the team's great, and like I honestly feel like he had a better senior season than Mac Jones did. Because uh, yeah. they both came out in the same draft class. He came out last year as well. He's a rookie this year. Yeah, yeah. And he had better stats than Mac Jones. Year in, they're like, oh, he had Kyle Pitts. I was like, fucking Mac Jones had Devonta Smith and Jim Waddle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there's like arguments both ways. There's there. arguments both ways. But I liked Kyle Trask coming out of college. I really did. And I yeah. feel like he landed in a good spot. I think I was predicting that Tom Brady was going to play more than just this year. Mm-hmm. I thought he was going to have a little bit more time to develop. But they may not even give him a shot. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, if they get a big quarterback or they draft another one, he's staying on the practice squad. But 
I don't know. I think I like his potential. You don't usually spend a second round pick on him just to pick somebody else the year later. Yes, in yes, the first round. Most of the time, you do. You think so? Well, at the quarterback position, yes. Yeah, so the quarterback, that is like the I mean, most of the time you're like in the second round, you're like, oh, maybe we can get somebody. Like notable second round quarterbacks that come to my mind immediately. Jimmy Garoppolo, Mason Rudolph. Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is someone who's developed into a starter. That's a decent, that's one. It, it's somebody that you take a flyer on because you're like, eh, you know, we don't feel like they're, we're going to get anything else out of this pick. So Yeah, fair enough. Well, um, our third and our, our half fan question didn't have a didn't have a title, but we're going to save that for a recap. Obviously, we're going to talk about the Pro Bowl. That's what that question involves. Before I get to answering the question about the Pro Bowl and kind of reha- recapping what happened, a quick word from our sponsor: a new documentary coming to Netflix. Genius is an upcoming American documentary film directed by Cootie and Cheek about the life of. The life of rapper, record producer, businessman, and fashion designer Kanye West. It will premiere at the 2022 Sundance Film Festival, and it is a the documentary is scheduled to premiere on Netflix on February 16th, 2022. So right around the corner, you're going to get an in-depth look at Kanye West and his life. Obviously, he's been in the headlines a lot in the last year and a half. You like his music? Um, you're talking about, well, I was going to ask if you meant like old Kanye or new Kanye. I do like his music. Yeah. I, I like the new single he put out with the game. This, uh, just, it was like a couple weeks ago. Not a big fan of his music to be real honest with you. I'll watch, I mean, I'll watch the documentary because he's an interesting person. He is. Yeah. There's not a debate to be had about that. He's definitely an interesting character. Yeah. That is no lie. Yeah. You can't argue about that. Definitely not. Uh, obviously the only recap this week we got is the Pro Bowl. Yeah. And then our fan question ties into that is what are we, what, what to do with the Pro Bowl going forward? Cause there was a lot of people that were upset after watching it. Do you want to recap it first or do you want to fix it first? What do you want to start with? Let's recap it. Cause I feel like there's not a ton to recap, honestly. Not, not, not a ton to really cover. I mean... Justin Herbert won MVP for the AFC. I think the reason that there's nothing to cover is because of the things we have to fix. Yeah, people are really upset about it. I mean, let's just, I mean, there there really isn't much to read. There's not much. It was a, it's an NBA all-star game. The score was what? Like 41 to, I don't even know off the top of my head. It it got ugly towards the end. Yeah. It started to get weird. And every clip, and like I would peek into the break room and look at it every once in a while, and every highlight I see, I don't think I saw anybody hit the dirt at all. Well, here's the thing. So, far as that goes, let's. Let's talk about that. Oh, you know, it's not real. 35 to 41 was the final score. Mm. So A little bit lower than I thought it was. ASC scored 14 points in the final quarter. So mm. let's, let's, let's talk about that a little bit. Like, oh, they're not hitting each other. Why would any of these guys want to go out there and hit them? No. So if you're like, let's just talk about some of the notables. Mac Jones still on his rookie deal. Justin Herbert still on his rookie deal. Kyler Murray still on his rookie deal. Justin Jefferson still on his rookie deal. Debo Samuel still on his rookie deal. Nick Chubb. I think he just signed an extension. Just signed an last extension. Year. Patty just signed his extension. Yeah, Patty just signed his. You know what I'm saying? So we have all these players who haven't gotten paid yet. Mm-hmm. Why are they going to go out there for a game that means nothing, has no value? Yeah. And ball out and, and try to smack each like they, there has to be an alliance of players being like okay I'm not we're not gonna try to kill each other here because 
it's not going to help anyone's career. It's only going to hurt someone's career. Yeah, and fans that haven't watched a football game all year but watched the clip of Sean Taylor destroying a punter 14 years ago, and they're like, this is back when Pro Bowl was real football. This I'm like, you Bowl. haven't watched a real football game all year, Dan. You've yeah. been watching Sports Center, <laughs> yeah. So I don't want to hear about it. The Pro, that was when the Pro Bowl was the Pro Bowl. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, get out of here, bro. So – my my first issue, and it's not the biggest issue. My first issue is, why did we ever go away from drafting teams? That was the most entertaining that the Pro Bowl has been in my lifetime, I think. The three years they did the draft, I remember being invested in the Pro Bowl. You had the extra time slot of doing the draft. You have the captains coming in. Remember, Chris Carter and Michael Irvin was the one I remember. Because oh, the right. final score of the Pro Bowl was 21-20, and it was a fucking great game. And I was like, this is interesting because last year it was 51 to 35 and I was snoring by halftime. I, I would say, I think personally for me, the solution is, is stop pretending it's a real game. Agreed. I think they should just play seven on seven. I see. I, Sam brought that up the other day when we were talking about it. And I think that's the real solution is do seven on seven. And so what do you do for the offensive lineman at that point? So right now they play. They have the skills competition and the dodgeball and everything like that. Mm-hmm. So I think you build off of that. So you do like tug of war against the offensive lineman. Hundred percent. Or with you like you, they get a giant ball and they try to push it, and whichever one crosses the line, whatever. Yeah. But you do a total score. So if the AFC wins dodgeball, they get seven yeah. points. Yeah. They get a touchdown. Okay. And then you win tug of war, you get a touchdown. Okay. So the game before like seven on seven even starts, it could be twenty eight to zero. Yeah. Like it could be a deficit that a team can't overcome. Like okay. if you make the other events matter. And the other thing the only other thing I could think of to add value is you have to put a purpose behind it, right? Agreed, yeah. So you either have to set like, okay, the winning team splits five million dollars. Because like people Give were something. people were talking about like, oh, if you win, the your team gets the coin flip advantage Super Bowl. That's way too much. Like to me, that is and huge value. We see in the MLB they do whoever wins the All Star game, it gets home field advantage for the World Series. And the NBA used to do that. I think the NBA still does that. They might. I can't remember if they do or not. Which they're also going to the drafting format as well, which I love it because yeah, they switch, so they I get to see anymore, I get to right? see LeBron James and Kevin Durant still yeah. play together despite being in opposite conferences. So I don't think we can do that because we don't have a seven game series. Well, also the NFL is. This is the only Pro Bowl All-Star weekend that doesn't happen mid-season. It's a week before the Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, so – and also it's the only game out of the three where the teams that are playing in the World Series finals or Super Bowl aren't playing in that game. you can't move it because we lose all the Cowboys fans because this is their only chance to watch their team play in February. Yeah, agreed. So, like, for them, like, this is, like, a super important time to be like, look, 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 I know that guy. I've watched him play all season. Look, look, we went 12 and 14. We went 12 and 4 with that team. Look, look, and then we lost. Matt's going to love that one. I I hope he does. Um, So, I think think you have to make it, like – the reason that the NBA All-Star has lost value is they stopped leaning into what made it fun. Yeah. Like, the three-point competition was cheesy and fun, and, like, the best dunkers would go play, right? Like, you have to lean into, like, the competition's part of it, in my opinion, and then just go to seven-on-seven. Seven. Stop acting like we can do, I do. Let's We can do flag football. I'll be okay with that. because Seven-on-seven seven with two-hand touch or flag football. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, yeah something like, – because it can't – 
Because I agree with you. I agree with the fans to a certain extent because it yeah. was like because they have pads on. I'm expecting at least some, some tackles. Yeah, they were they they were literally playing two hand touch like yeah. with pads on. Yeah, that's. I mean, so I'm with the fans to a certain extent, but I'm much more with the players of like I wouldn't go out there and hit stick anybody either. Right. Yeah. Like I get where everybody's coming from. So I think I think you have to go to, you know, like make the points worth some skills. Do a big pot like. I would love to watch like the special the 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 fantastic catch thing that they did. Yeah. Put the lineman in it. Make that a challenge. Well, and then yeah, that should be so <laughs> Give me some like this. So Who's I, the fastest lineman that made the pro bowl? So for 7 on 7 and maybe you do like 5 on 5 for the first quarter and it's all offensive linemen. So you have all the offensive yeah. linemen play 5 on 5. Just bring 7 quarter. offensive linemen in and have them do a 7 on 7 by themselves. For yeah, exactly. Yes. Or something like make it like or you do a game where everyone has to be out of position. So, like, you oh, get okay. to see Mac Jones line up at receiver. And, and, and this isn't tackle, <laughs> yes. and he's out there at wide receiver. Yes. And Derrick Henry is playing quarterback. or You know what I mean? Yeah. Like something fun to just, like, make it a little bit more entertaining. I would agree. Like, just break the game. If, if it's not going to be football, don't act like it's football. And just they, completely smash the mold out the game. And they need to bring back the QB challenge. 100%. I don't know if anyone remembers those like cuz that's real. I never watched them. I don't know when up. they went away from that, but I remember watching like maybe it was 2002 or 2003 like it was Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Brett Favre and and there was a bunch of like this it was before Big Ben was the Steelers QB, so it was pre 2004. Yeah. But when they do like the long ball competition, and you're just like, "Damn, Brett Favre can sling." I know they've game. done it at least in 2008, because Joe Flacco did it one one. Maybe that was college that Joe Flacco did it. Did it? I don't know. Because I remember watching his, and I was like, "God, it's canon." That's Insane. that's one they should bring back. Of like, I would be entertained to watch Patrick Mahomes throw balls far as he human possibly. Can. Oh yeah, bring it on! Like I think that was that's entertaining to watch. Watch Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen throw the ball as far as they can, yeah. and really. Like, let's end the debate here. Like, the race is fun, too. Like, I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, like, I was upset that Tyreek... I mean, we all know he's the fastest there. He was jogging halfway through the race. Yeah. And he still finished, like, third. Yeah. <laughs> he almost beat Mike Parsons. Again, but if you said, okay, you know, now it's worth a touchdown and everybody's going to get... You, you have know, a chance at $5 million, you know, the, the split of $5 million. $5 million pot with everyone that, oh, okay, now I'll try. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. You have to have some kind of incentive for them to want to do it. And I think bringing one-on-ones into it as well. And I think you could put pads on for that. And for offensive, defensive linemen, I think you have to because padless one-on-ones for linemen makes, has never made any so sense you, Are you me. saying, like, you're not saying, like, goal line. You're saying, like, receiver. Like I'm receiver saying, like, corner. tackle, defensive end. Corner receiver, okay. guard, you know. Quarterback, air. quarterback, that could be fun. Bring it on. Yeah. I'll, yeah, I want to watch Mac Jones try to fucking route up Kyler Murray <laughs> on a tree. Bring it on. Okay, if he's doing that, he's just got to go moss him. Like, right, yeah, you just advantage. have to go catch. Yeah, you have to go physical here. 100%. But now if you're saying, like, Kyler Murray versus, like, Kirk Cousins, okay, like, Kyler Murray's going to have the speed advantage. Yeah. Know? See now we're getting into it. See, this is what we need. Something. Just change it up. Like, this is the thing that I, that frustrates me the most about what the NFL is doing with it. Is they're like, hmm, this product sucks. Let's just do the same thing next year. Well, like I'll say this: like, change something. When you're a big corporation like this, you have to be careful of like too much change. Too much change and being like too wild, and you know what I mean? Because like. The NF, the reason that the Pro Bowl used to be important was it was a chance for guys like Peyton Manning 
to like go and help grow and develop other players because you, you hear all these players talk all the time of like oh when we went to the pro bowl everybody hangs out at this bar and then yeah. you, you know what i mean and the young guys are sitting around listening to peyton manning talk of like oh this is how we figured out they were doing this and this yeah. so it helps grow and develop players and learn from each other so you want to keep it fun you want to keep it light and you want to keep players it's basically a convention for the players is really the way you should view it because the nfl is always worried about like we have to make money add an extra game do all of this to make like just lose a shit ton of money on the pro bowl because yeah like if you did a 10 million dollar pot you're probably going to lose money on it but more people would watch it would be good for the players be good for the fans i think everyone wins in that scenario 100 percent, yeah because i don't think there's anything that you could add to it and put it back in hawaii no one wants to watch these guys out there in fucking hoodies in Las Vegas. Hundred percent. No yeah. one wants to watch that. Yeah, I agree. It's so much. It's it is a tradition for it to be in Hawaii. Yeah. I don't think the Pro Bowl is the Pro Bowl without it. Don't being bring in back the nasty Hawaii jerseys. Oh God, I had one of those too. Really? Like the red and blue ones? I had I had a red Tom Brady one with the stars down the side. Mm. Those were just those were the worst jerseys. Legendary. Ever. They definitely need to redo those as well. But the the Pro Bowl pictures with the lays on. Legendary. I don't know what my yeah. childhood would be without those. Yeah, bring that back. Yeah, 100%. Because, yeah, it went so well in Vegas. Yeah. Nobody we'll got in there. trouble. With yeah, nobody Vegas. got in trouble. Yeah. yeah, there's no. Vegas is just a cursed town for the NFL. Well, it's it's just, it doesn't take a bad person to get in trouble in Vegas. Absolutely. I'll agree with you. Leading well, in. Yeah. <laughs> leading with that. Well, let's let's start with that story. We might as well because we already led into it. Yeah. Uh, Alvin Kamara arrested when he was down at the Pro Bowl. So he finished the game and then immediately was, uh, was arrested. Well, he was arrested Saturday night, wasn't he? Did they detain him Saturday night? I thought they detained him after the game. But. See, and this is what everyone's talking about. And Roger Goodell had his, you know, Super Bowl commissioner address meeting with the press today. Mm-hmm. And there's people that asked him, they're like, was this something you guys knew about? And like, you let him play or did we not, you know, what was the, and I didn't get a chance to hear his answer, but oh, okay. this is. So maybe he was arrested. Because that's an before. issue. Like, because it happened Saturday night. Like, that's right. when it happened. So if, like, the NFL was like, oh, yeah, we'll just play the game and arrest them afterwards, like, there's a whole, you know, stack of issues that gets tacked on to this. And I think it doubles down on the fact that maybe Vegas isn't the right spot to hold NFL events, let alone an NFL team. You would think they would have learned that after this year, but you know how it goes. Because uh, right now, and obviously this had nothing, this part had nothing to do with the Raiders, but... Right now, we've had the Henry Ruggs incident. Yeah. We've had now the Alvin Kamara incident. And the John Gruden thing had nothing to do with Vegas. Vegas, But What was the other kid? Oh, Damon Arnett. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. So right now, like, we already have four things that have happened and that are tied to that city. Not the Raiders. I mean, three of them are the Raiders. But now four things that are tied to Vegas since the NFL has been there. Okay. So here's the headline. Roger Goodell says police told the NFL before the Pro Bowl that Alvin Kamara was a suspect in a case but would wait until after game for interview. Hmm. Okay. So he didn't get brought in for questioning until after, but they did tell him before that, hey, this guy's a suspect. And supposedly they attacked him and some other guys attacked a guy or something like that, I think is what they were arrested for. Is huge, uh, accused of punching and badly injuring a man and also involving at least three men who were with Kamar last weekend in a strip club, nonetheless. I think the problem with welcome Vegas. Welcome to Vegas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, welcome to Vegas. I think – so I, I kind of agree with you. It doesn't take a bad person to do something bad in Vegas. It's one of those things of uh, 
more fruit there is on the tree, the more temptation there is. Hundred percent, right? yeah. So like, when you like, I mean, I can't remember who joked about. It. I think it was Joe Burrow, where he was like, "Oh, it's hard to get in trouble in Cincinnati because there isn't much nightlife." Like, he's not wrong. To Agree, a yeah. Degree. That's why the NBA players talk about that all the time when they talk about like Milwaukee and Oklahoma City too. Right. There's not much, there's not much of a nightlife here. Right. You know? Yeah. You're not going to get in a ton of trouble in a city like that. Yeah. So I think there is some legitimacy to that that saying. And I think the other thing with Vegas is not only is there a lot of that, what else is there? Because, like, you're like, Hawaii, I'm sure Hawaii has its fair share of bars and stuff like yeah, that. But yeah. there's also the beaches, the mountains. Like, you can go do other things. Vegas is like, you're on the strip or you're in the desert. Like, right. I mean, I've never been to Vegas. I don't know what it's like. But yeah, in my, my my mind's eye of never being there, I imagine, like, that strip that has everything on it and then Area 51 and the desert is mm-hmm. everything else. I have no like, idea. I, you're that's not, what I see. Sure. <laughs> so, 100% could be right. You 100% could be wrong. So, like, I just, I don't know what, what I, else do you go to Vegas for, I, I think guess. your point that you're trying to make here is the opportunities are different, mm-hmm. right? So, like, when you're in Hawaii, the opportunity to go to the beach is there or to go surfing or to hang out, you know, at a late night event. But there's, like, you're watching a show kind of deal where yeah. somebody's, Juggling fire and doing doing all that kind of stuff. Now, there, like I said, there are bars and things that, right, that, that you right. could definitely get in trouble for. Different, but there's not like I don't know if you go to Honolulu and there's you know a whole a mile of strip clubs like yeah. there is in Vegas. Like and it's a different it's a different level of how much trouble you can get in. Hundred percent, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I can't imagine that the NFL can do anything about it at this point. They've just like Allegiant Stadium is. The best, if not the second best stadium in the entire NFL now. True. Next to SoFi. Yeah. It's so it's not like you can just vacate and move the team out all right away. Like, Well, I just think you can't host events there. Like, they definitely why? can't going like, forward. If, if you're looking at this going, we don't want to host the draft. I know the draft, I think it's slated. Was it? It's it's supposed to be in Vegas, I thought. Is it this year? I yeah. knew it was supposed to be last year, and then they moved it and all that it's stuff. It's in Vegas this year because I have a couple buddies that are trying to go. Yeah. Is there? <laughs> yeah. So if I'm them, like, I'm like, this is the last time we ever host. You can't. Like, could you imagine if this was a Super Bowl here? Like that? I mean, and I'm sure they're they're probably on the slate to get a Super Bowl if they already haven't. So I just, it's it's trouble. It's just, it's a... Sorry, if you're from Vegas, like, sorry, I'm not saying your town's bad, but, like, for some reason, NFL players in Vegas do not. Well, it's just you drop uh, a guy that doesn't live there in Vegas with right. unlimited amounts of money. Which is crazy to that think. That shit's going to happen. Because I don't look at, like, New Orleans as, like, a slow city. I bet you there's a ton of night. Oh, there's a ton there. of, yeah, 100%. So, I don't know. And that's where Alvin Kamara plays at. So, who knows? Yeah. I don't know. Next story we got, Kyler Murray unfollows everyone on Instagram, does a clean wipe, everything like that. I mean, the headline was he's unfollowed the Cardinals and deleted everything that has a Cardinals logo in it off his Instagram. Yeah. He, like he has a Pro Bowl picture. A Pro Bowl picture and then like a Heisman Trophy picture, I think. Yeah. He has. So I honestly think it's time he's just going to play baseball. <laughs> Why not? He He's said, got it lined up. He said that Oakland A's AAA ball looks like the life for me. Two years from now, when Oklahoma is in the SEC, he can join Tim Tebow as one of the two best players to play in the NFL and the MLB from the SEC. So, there you go. Yeah. There it is. I, I don't know. Uh, his agent has declined to comment at this time. Oh, shit. <laughs> so some people think it's a money play, which I think is weird to me. I agree. I don't. I don't fully get what's 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 happening here 
Because if he wants a trade, where would you go that's a better situation? It's the same thing with Aaron Rodgers. You're like, where are you going to go? Where, where, like, what's better? You have Devo- you have D-Hop. You have Rondell Moore, A.J. Green, Christian Kirk, decent offensive line, J.J. Watt, Chandler Jones, Buda Baker. Right. Limitless talent. And this was kind of – you always I, – and I and team, people forget this. I always think a team needs a year to make the playoffs and fail. And then, you know, then you can raise that level. That's how most teams are. Yeah, yeah. You have to get there first and see what it's like. So to say this season was a disappointment for Arizona, I think, is uh, wrong. I really don't think it was a disappointment. Mm -mm. It's a a growing year. You know, this Kyler Murray's in his third year. This was his third season. Yeah. So. Miss the playoffs. Miss the playoffs. Make the playoffs. Make the playoffs. So, yeah. Like, if this was next year, I would be weird. I don't. uh, The play for money. What advantage is this going to give him? I don't. Because, I have no idea. Because the other weird thing for him, especially, is so let's say, let's say he wants to get traded. He has little to no leverage. They could send you to Detroit tomorrow. Right. Well, and he so they technically have three years of control of him left. So he's going to have or more than that. I'm sorry, four years. So he's got next year, so his fourth year. He's a first-round pick, so they're going to have a fifth-round option. They can franchise tag him. They can franchise tag him again. Technically, I guess they could do a third year, but nobody ever does a third year because it's, it's ridiculously insane expensive. money. Yeah. So they could realistically, they have four more years that they can control what they want to do with him. Yeah. So it's not like he's in a position where he has any leverage whatsoever, besides the fact maybe he's going to say, I'm going to go play baseball. But the only problem with that leverage at the moment is uh, baseball's in a lockout. Yeah. So that's a little awkward timing if that's what you're moving. Agreed. Is, but well, I mean, he'd be able to go to spring training because was it, is it players that aren't? I thought I saw something that like if they're not on the forty man roster, technically they're not part of the lockout, which obviously wouldn't be uh, part of the forty man roster. Maybe that's true. There's a chance that would be my only thing. But again, like Russell Wilson's been going to Yankee <laughs> spring training his entire career. I'm pretty sure, almost yeah. for, for a lot of them, and yeah. it's never interrupted his football before. So I don't know. I have no idea what's happening. To be honest with you, I can't, I've, I've, it was I've, so out of left field, and yes. it's also again like it's social media. Who the hell cares? You could have deactivated your Instagram. It would have done the same thing. The People one, would have asked questions. The one thing I'll warn against here, and, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, is in the NBA, they're able to get away with this. So you can be Kevin Durant and do this kind of stuff. Because like, Kevin Durant's done this before. Yeah. And Kyrie, I'm sure, maybe has done this. But you can get away with it in the NBA. They're much more tolerable of that kind of thing in this. It's just... If you put every player on an even playing field, we're saying every all 15 players and all teams, they're all the same level, you are one-fifteenth of an organization. That's a decent chunk. Right. You know, not well, including how talented you are. And you, you could are. even argue it's like maybe 11. Maybe 11 guys see real court time in a season. Yeah, you. it's definitely 11 to 9, somewhere in there. Yeah. Most teams run their rotations. So, like, one-eleventh of a rotation is a solid bit, let alone you being Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, right. Ben Simmons, whoever it is. So, in the NFL, you're one fifty-third, And yeah. now, granted, you are a quarterback, but we just – We've seen how much young talent is in the AFC right now. Right. And this year's draft class obviously isn't a good representation of what's to come. But it feels like every year the NFL is getting better. Oh, absolutely. This is the most parity we've seen in the NFL. I feel like I said this two years ago and I said it again this year. Yeah. Look at the receivers that we have now. 
insanely talented. Look at all the young quarterback talent we have in this league now. Even, even from the standpoint of if you are good, you're disposable. Like, that's the crazy thing. Yeah. Is Jared Goff was good, not great. L.A. said, see you later. You're more disposable than a bad player if you're good. Right, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Crazy, especially at that position. You have to be special. And Kyler Murray was, was had a good year without a question. Kyler Murray was special this year. But you don't want your quarterback to be a distraction. No team has ever to- really tolerated that too much. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, we've seen it a little bit. But it hasn't led to any success. So no team is looking at it going, oh, yeah, we'll deal with it. He's also a top three quarterback, not top ten. Right. And there's a huge difference between there's that line. There's a huge effing difference there. Where in the NBA, if you're a superstar, you're a superstar, right? And, and your yeah. values are, like, pretty dang close at that point. You know what I mean? Yeah. The trade value, if you were to go out and trade for Kevin Durant and Jimmy Butler, and this is wild to say, really isn't that. Close. It's close. It's closer than it would be if you wanted to trade for – prime Tom Brady or prime Aaron Rodgers versus if you wanted to go out and trade for, you know, I'm trying to think of someone who would be in that top 10 category, but you get my point of yeah that difference there is huge. You know what I mean? hundred um, percent. I mean, Matt, like Matthew Stafford, he got, he got four first rounders for him. And one of them was realistically to take Jared Goff's contract or five, whatever. I he think got. it was three in golf, three in golf for Stafford. Yeah. Like, if you were to go out and get Aaron Rodgers right now, he'd probably pull four, and he's 30. Yeah, and see, that's the question. Is That's the biggest question around the QB market right now is, like, where does, where does age become a factor? Because yeah. I do believe that Aaron Rodgers could get you to a Super Bowl in the next two years. But beyond that, are you willing to give up, you know, teams, teams, a first-round pick in 2024 for a guy that's not going to be playing for you at the time? If, if the Rams win a Super Bowl in, in the Matthew Stafford era – Teams will look past it. I feel like they've got to – I don't think they have to win, too. I think they've got to be in the dance the next – because I feel like without them winning a Super Bowl before the Stafford trade, it was a failure because they gave up all this to go get Ramsey. Yeah. They have Aaron Donald on contract. Like, they were already in win-now mode, and they were like, fucking give me Stafford. And now I'm like, you got to win. You yes. have to win one, and you've got to be in contention for at least three to four years. I think I think with Tom Brady switching teams, and he played two years in Tampa Bay, one and one Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Teams are going to look at the all-in method a little bit differently because so it's worked now. It's worked now, right? Like if if especially if the Rams go out and win this year, teams are going to go, okay, why are we valuing these first-round picks so like so tightly? Like it is a gamble, right? Like if you don't win, it's a big failure. But if you do win, it's a hundred percent worth. I mean, it. yeah, you win, you win. Right? Yeah. Winning fixes a lot of things. We got way off topic here, like we always do. Fair enough. But I don't. I don't get the move by Kyler Murray. I would. I would say throw caution to the wind. If I was him, I'd come out very quickly and be like, "Oh, I just was cleaning stuff up or whatever." Yeah. The, the his agent denying to comment is the part that scares me. Not a good look. Yeah, because if his agent was like, "Oh, he's just cleaning off his Instagram," okay, yeah. or he was like, "He, you know, just get literally say anything." Anything at all is better than denying to comment. We say all of this, and teams are still willing to trade for Deshaun Watson, but it's hurt his value so much that the team's not willing to let him go yet. Yeah, because of all the noise, and you know what I mean. Like, and they're, well, what they're doing is very different. Like, don't get me wrong, but like, hundred percent distractions are distractions. I mean, yeah, and I think that's what's held Colin Kaepernick out for a decent it held bit of Colin time. Colin Kaepernick out. It stopped Tim Tebow 
from getting, you know what I mean? I mean, a I fair guess shake. Got second two, time around. Yeah, he got two tries, but none of them were real. None, no starting option yeah. tries. Yeah. So like, yeah, like it, it'll hold you back if you're too big of a distraction. One hundred and ten percent. Into the coaching carousel. Yes. Back into it under the week three of the coaching carousel. Now, jobs have been filled. Way, way deeper than week three. Yeah, I guess that's true. Way, way deeper. Is Black it? Friday, Black Black Monday was like. Four weeks ago? Five, four or five weeks ago, something like that. Fair enough. It's been, been a while now. It's been a while. I'm lost in the sauce when it comes to the coaching carousel. But <laughs> um, I kind of want to end with the Texans because I feel like I may talk about them for a while. I mean, you can – I mean – Let's just start there. I F mean, it. you have nothing – yeah, if you feel strong about it, F the it. schedule. Um, the Texans hired Lovey Smith, who's their defensive coordinator last year. He was the Illinois head coach the three years before that. And before that, he coached the Bears. He was a head coach, mm -hmm. and there was another team as head coach. Tampa Bay, maybe? Uh, he year? was on the staff in Tampa Bay. I thought he was head coach for a year before they got Bruce Arians in. I could be wrong. But nonetheless, Levy Smith is the new head coach for the Houston Texans. I'm, I don't hate the hire. I kind of do, but I don't. Uh, Brian Flores was a finalist for this job, and I get everything that's going on with the NFL and the lawsuit. That's probably what held him out of this deal. Lovey Smith wasn't head coach in Tampa at all. Oh, he was, yeah, for a okay. year. You're right. After Chicago, the 2016, 14 to 15, yeah. 14 You're 15. right. So, forgot that. Happened. I, as much as Brian Flores' thing is going on with the NFL, like I said last week, who if you if you are a NFL player and your team does not have a head coach, who do you want to play for right now? Out of the mm -hmm. available head coaches, Brian Flores is probably near the top of the list. Now, also, if you're an NFL franchise looking for a head coach and you have an opening, who's probably the last guy you want to bring in? The guy that's going to be a distraction. Right, yeah, Flores. we just kind of talked about distractions for a while now. So so, so the thing with Bobby Smith, I don't hate the hire. He has head coaching experience. He could be the guy going forward. It also, this is kind of his second chance. Right. You could bounce him in a year or two and really not feel too bad about it. The thing that I hate about this is that how we've just talked about this. Black Monday was four or five, four weeks, or five ago. weeks ago. Yeah. They've been interviewing guys since then. They've had six interviews total, and they had three of them. They narrowed down their finalists last week down to three finalists. On Sunday, they were like, "We're gonna." On Sunday, they nailed it down to three finalists. On Monday morning, they're like, "We're gonna we're gonna interview a seventh guy. We're gonna we're gonna interview Lovey Smith, our yeah. DC." And then Monday night, they're like, he's our new head coach. And I was like, four weeks, six guys, three finalists, and the seventh guy you hired got hired 12 hours after his interview. So I'll, I'll say a couple of things off of what you just said because mm -hmm. I, get, I get where you're coming from, I, and I think I feel like I've heard some people have this take, and the biggest thing that I disagree with is he was already in-house. Yeah. So you already kind of knew what he was yeah. just based off of the season. Agreed. So if I'm looking at head coaches, I'm going to spend the least amount of time evaluating a guy who's in-house because I kind of already know what he is for Fair the enough. most part. You know what I mean? I can understand that. It would take me the least amount of time to figure him out, whereas these outsiders, I have no idea what they're like. I have no idea what they're like in the building every day, mm -hmm. whereas at least Lovey Smith was there. So you're evaluating him. Really, during the whole season, and mm -hmm. you interview all these guys, and you know, you're unsure, and you're like, you know what, we like Lovey, we liked what he's been in the building, you know what I mean? We want to keep him around, let's give him a shot. And then, if it, you know, he must have wowed him in the interview, he's got to be a, a, 
a cultural fit for them. Like, I feel like the players have to love him because, and again, it's not surprising. They went from hiring the Ravens passing game coordinator, which was 27th in the league, in David Coley, firing him after a year, and now they've taken um, Lovey Smith, who led the 27th-ranked defense, according to Yards last year, and they've now made him their head coach. So the thing that I've read and heard the most is um, Nick Casario, who is their general manager, he's a Patriots guy. And Patriots guys are normally very involved. Um, I don't know if you knew this about Nick Casario, but Nick Casario used to call out, like, re- like review that, call a timeout. Here's how much time's left on the clock. Mm. He was on a headset, talked directly to Bill Belichick. As a GM? Mm-hmm. Fair enough. So, like, they are very, like, so basically he became a clock management guy in New England by doing stuff like that. Huh. So he would say... Hey, clock's running here. Hey, a minute 30, two timeouts left. Like, he was the guy who was giving that info so Bill didn't have to think about it. Fair enough. A very New England thing, right? Like, just be like, Definitely your, is, your yeah. GM has nothing better to do when he's watching the game. And they're like, hey, you're going to put on a headset and you're going to be like, yeah. a situation Like, imagine guy. Jerry Jones doing that. Oh, that would be the worst. That's terrible. That would never work. It's kind of like John Lynch somewhat does that. On the I can imagine that. That would make sense. Yeah. But, so very detail-oriented, and the thing that I've read that David Coley, the reason he got canned, was poor clock management and lack of detail awareness. Mm. So as a New England guy, like coming from that like kind of pedigree and stuff like that, I see why that would be hard. Again, does it make a ton of sense to me that you wouldn't bring in Brian Flores? Who is another New England guy? Right. Like that just makes too much sense to a degree. 100%. I, we, we asked this question, and this is always a great question. What you gave up, is it better than what you got? I, I think it's about I the think same. It's, I, I honestly, I would say it's an upgrade just because Lovey Smith does have head coaching experience. Right. Like, you hired a bad – not a bad – a coordinator that led a bad unit. At least now you're leading a coordinator that had a bad unit but has head coaching experience. And I think he can build a culture. I think Lovey Smith is a guy that w- is going to foster kind of a – a but, group of guys. So is it worth it? Let, let me propose this situation to you. Let's say the Texans, would, would they win two games this year? Something like that. Uh, two, three, four, somewhere two, three, in there. Four, yeah. somewhere in there. If they do that next year and they fire Lovey Smith again, is it still a good hire? No. Exactly. Now this job becomes really unattractive because you fired two coaches after one season. In two years. Which so. never looks good. So for my money... And you left Brian Flores on the table. That's the biggest thing. That's the big question, right? Like, if it was, hey, we got rid of David Coley to go get Brian Flores, I'd be like, okay, I get it. That's a win. That's a win. Yeah. Whereas this move, to me, I would rather keep David Coley for another year, give him another shot, because I already think this team played above what they were. Yeah, Davis Mills had a great year. Right. Compared to expectations, and they don't have anybody else. It's It's not a good roster. No. This is, I would say... By far and away, eh, it's it's definitely the worst roster in the NFL. And you can say what you want about Bill O'Brien, but he effed this team up on the way out the door. He hey, sent Bill O'Brien is a good coach, awful GM, awful GM, terrible GM. Yeah, I still have no idea how they let the JJ Watt trade happen, and they're like, yeah, no, you could stay as our GM. And then they he dealt D Hop, and they're like, okay, we'll yeah, wait another that, two you have weeks. That order flipped. Okay. He dealt he dealt D Hop first, and then JJ was like, "Okay, we're just not gonna win." He didn't. JJ didn't get traded till last year. Yeah. So after Bill O'Brien was fired. 
So was it after? It was after, I'm pretty sure. Still. Or was it was Jadavian Clowney. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, well, Jadavian Clowney was one of those moves where it was like, okay, we're not re-signing him next year. we got to get something back Yeah, which, all in all, I understand that. But, like, they, they all spent a first-round pick, a, a number one overall pick on Jadavian Clowney, a first-round pick on Deshaun Watson, a first-round pick on J.J. Watt, and I was DeAndre Hopkins a first-rounder? I feel like he was. Maybe a second. Uh, for no, sure. I think I think he was a second or a third. He was a late. He was. I, I think he was a mid round guy. Nonetheless, a top receiver in the game. Yeah. And as of right now, obviously Deshaun Watson's still on roster, but three of those guys were moved, and they didn't get a single first round pick back. Yeah. I mean, not, not good roster management by any means. No. But. So the Texans, like I said, it's not surprising because I was, I was surprised by how bad it was last year with David Cooley, and I guess I can't be surprised this year because it's bad again this year. I was surprised how good they were. I was definitely surprised by that. If if like I keep going back to the first week, Jags versus Texans, mm-hmm. you look at that and say, okay, Jags, this is your chance to win a game and get the season off right. And the Texans won that. Like the Texans won some games that you're like, man, they had no reason. And Davis Mills them. played extremely well down the stretch. I think it was a mistake to fire him if you're not going to get a guy. Because the problem is, if if Lovey Smith doesn't isn't here for. At least three to four seasons, it's a failure of hiring, in 100%. my opinion. I would 100% agree with you. Um, Jags, Doug Peterson, boy, were you surprised by this? I was I was a little shocked. I really thought it was going to be Byron Leftwich. I really did. Um, I think this is really, other than him or Brian Flores, this is the only two coaches that I can make a case for them being over Byron Leftwich going here. Like, if they would have went with anybody but Doug Peterson or Brian Flores and it wouldn't have been Byron Leftwich, I would have threw a fit. So, apparently, Byron Leftwich didn't want to work with their GM. Which, again, I 100% can agree with that. Yeah. Like, you... He's kind of got a record for not being a great guy. Yeah, you've canned Urban Meyer, like, full reset. Do it. And they're like, we're going to hold the GM. I was like, you are dumb. And there was a lot of people... There A lot of people were turned off, like... Jim Harbaugh wouldn't even interview for this job because this is the GM that he had in San Francisco. San Francisco, yeah. And then they didn't get along at all. I can't ever remember the guy's name. I can't either. I don't fucking like him. I'll tell you that much. This is one of those hires, though, if you look at what went out versus what came in. Win. Urban Meyer for Doug Peterson is a win. Massive win. And as far as young QB development, I mean, Doug Peterson was a part of Kansas City when they had Alex Smith, but not Patrick Mahomes. I think he was gone before Patrick Mahomes got there. Mm-hmm. But helped develop Carson Wentz into having that MVP-level season in his second year. So I, I like the fit. That storyline is going to be fun. Yes. The I, Jags I, versus the Colts, Doug Peterson versus Carson Wentz, and uh, Frank, Reich. Frank Reich two times a year. Can the Colts win a game in Jacksonville? Yeah. The question still remains because now – there's some history between these two teams outside of the, the organizations themselves. Yeah, there's a lot of overlap between these two teams. That is that is weird. I didn't even think about that. That's going to be fun to watch. This is this is a hire that I like overall. And I do it's gonna, too. You're, it's an offensive-minded guy who's going to help develop your QB, who knows what it takes to get to a Super Bowl. He's been there. He's won one with Nick Foles out of anyone. And, again, is one of the few coaches that I felt like didn't panic when coaching against Bill Belichick. Yes, like, absolutely. I used to say he outcoached. I don't think he really outcoached Bill Belichick in the Super Bowl, but again, it was a gunsl. It was probably a the the largest nuts I've ever seen in the Super Bowl. Who yeah. runs the Philly special against the Bill Belichick defense? After watching Bill Belichick fail it too, yeah, that's that was, that was the crazy part. I I was like, 
what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Still one of the greatest Super Bowl moments of all time. So overall, I, I would I would say this was a very good hire. Yeah. I don't think you, like I said, Brian Flores is the only other guy that gets close here and then left, which is obviously third on the list. But yeah. definitely a top two candidate overall out of any head coach hire. Always going to be a win. Excited to see what happens with Trevor Lawrence. That is going to be two fun divisional games against Colts twice it a year is, now, yeah. for sure. Uh, Dolphins, Mike McDaniel. Really shaking the head here. I know. Here's the thing. Is what are you thinking? I remember a couple years ago when someone was like, oh, you got a cup of coffee with Sean McVay? Sweet, you're going to be our new head coach. I'm not saying that this feels like this, but it... Does it feel like it? It kind of feels like it to me. I mean... Again, you lose Brian Flores, so no matter who you bring in, it's probably not going to be great. It would have had to been Doug Peterson for it to, for even it to be close. feel. Yeah. yeah. And I know everyone's hyping up Mike McDaniel. Oh, this is Kyle Shanahan's guy. He was in Atlanta and in Washington and in San Francisco with Kyle Shanahan. This is, you know, one of Kyle Han- you know, this is a real hire. And, and he very well might be. It helps with the culture part of it. It doesn't mean you're going to be a good head coach. Right. It means you've been around a winning culture and you could probably instill that a little bit, but that does shit all for your play calling ability. And you know what? I look at it and I go, two is my quarterback. And Kyle Shanahan said, I have to be special at quarterback and went out and got Trey Lance. Traded up for Trey Lance. Yeah. And then I look and I'm like, okay, so you bring this guy in so he can run it with Tua? Like, I, I, I doesn't make any sense to me. I, I don't think I, – I get – I still don't understand the firing of Brian Flores. I still – even if you're not getting along, you're going, wow, we're winning. we got to figure out a way to make this work. Like Again, 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 again. Is it harder to find a good GM or a good head coach in this league? Harder to find a good head coach. Yeah. Far and away. So when my GM and my head coach have a disagreement, who am I firing? My F and GM. Yeah. I don't care because, and again. You can bring in Jim Dorsey for a couple years, and he always sets up teams for great success and then gets fired. And who, and again, how many times have we seen – a head coach be so good at his job or just even decent at his job and be upgraded to where he has control of both positions. It's happened a couple times. Has there ever been a time where a GM was so good they're like, we want you to be the head coach too? Right. Never has it ever happened. Right. So the Brian Flores firing doesn't make any sense. I think it adds to his lawsuit because, again, they're like, like, oh, we just weren't getting along. Oh, maybe it's because you tried to pay him to lose games and he didn't want to. That definitely seems to be like a right-to-fire type deal. The, the other reason I feel bad, I feel bad for Mike McDaniel more than anything. I, not that he, he could very well be a great head coach because mm-hmm. we, he's never been a head coach, so we have no idea how good he'll be in the NFL. But the biggest thing is if he doesn't make the playoffs, how bad does that look? I know Brian Flores never made it, but he had him damn close every year. And he had him damn close with one of the worst rosters in NFL history. I've said that every single week we talk about him since this full Flores thing uh, the other outtake that I have from this is obviously, and we're going to get to the rest of these, but Black Monday happens four or five weeks ago. If a time tra- if we would have came back and like popped in on the recording and said, Brian Flores isn't getting rehired this cycle, how insane is that? And obviously a lot of things have transpired since the, then. The lawsuit, I think, influenced a lot. I, I'm shocked. I but really- still, yeah. He's God. still not technically out. There's still two jobs that are technically open. Yeah, that aren't locked, and he did interview for one of them that I know of for sure. So I, we shouldn't say he's completely out. It's nuts though that that man didn't. I, it's crazy. Yeah, like, we have to see what happens. Obviously, with the lawsuit going forward, I hope um, he comes back as a Patriot assistant. 
We already brought Joe Judge back. Bring if bring Baltimore Phillip, if bring, Baltimore didn't fill their DC spot, I'd take him in a heartbeat. Right in a in an effing heartbeat. We'll take Brian Flores, Billy O'Brien. We already brought Joe Judge back. Let's just get the band back. Just together. get the band back together. Get, get everyone who used to be a head coach. Bring them back in. Why not? Yeah. We have nothing to lose. You didn't lose anybody off staff this year, did? Or oh, Josh McDaniel? Yeah, what do you mean? Be the one. We lost our offensive coordinator. I thought. I mean, you didn't lose Gerard Mayo. Right. So, I mean, that's a plus. Yeah. But so, I'm just saying, bring them. Come on back. I'm sure it's going to be awkward with the whole Bill Belichick. Especially after the text messages that happened. That might not happen, but you never know. But still, also, how crazy is it that, like, that's the thing that kind of cracked this whole thing open? Or it added the Giants to the lawsuit, lawsuit. if nothing else. It it could be – Maybe it maybe it comes full circle and he comes back anyways. He's just like, you know what, fuck it. Who Those cares? could be the text messages that change the Rooney rule as well. Because I think we've decided that interviewing a minority head coach doesn't mean shit anymore. I hope change comes out of that lawsuit. I really I, do. I think that's the number one thing that I want, that anybody should want coming yes. out of the lawsuit, is change to happen because interviewing a minority for your head coaching job is – not even the floor of what diversity should be. Right. And and everyone's like, oh, just what? I mean, what if the white candidate's just better? Okay, yeah, it's going to happen. Understandable. There are two black head coaches in the NFL right now, with the hiring of Lovey Smith as the second one. And I think Robert Salah is the only other minority one. I could be wrong there. Uh, you have Mike Tomlin, Robert Salah, and Lovey Smith. Lovey Smith now. Um, I think that's it. I'm running through every coach in my head, and I think that's it. We so, might be missing one, but there, yeah, there's a chance that I'm missing one there. But that's three. Yeah, and there's thirty-two and teams. There's thirty-two teams, and up until yesterday, there was two. Yeah, because Lovey Smith wasn't hired before you know before this week. I feel like we're missing someone out. I I also feel like that there's a minority head coach that I'm missing out. Oh, Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera. Yeah. That's the other one I was thinking of. Yeah. So we have four total. So, yeah, one division. That is not, enough, not enough at all. Um, I think the, the Rooney rule should stretch down to coordinators because at least we've seen – we saw Byron Leftwich, Todd Bowles were getting looks. I think you, you have to have – and I, I think I've tweeted this and I might have said it on the show. I think you have to have a certain percentage of your staff be my Overall. Overall. I would agree. I think a minimum requirement of one coordinator, so either your offense, defense, or special teams coordinator – and then I think you have to have like forty, at least forty to fifty percent diversity in your coaching staff as a whole. However yeah. big it is, because teams vary in how how much staff they keep. Yeah, but I think I think because the budgets to, are different. Yeah, budgets yada, are different yada. and all that. But I think half of them should be half of your coaching staff should be minorities. And I think I think it solves the it doesn't fully solve the problem. But I think that with the Rooney rule, so now you have a bigger pool of candidates to pull from, and I think that helps. Because I think that does hurt, because I'd like to see before all the hirings happened, how many coordinators were minorities going to this year. Yeah. So we saw Salah get upgraded. We saw Lovey Smith go up. Obviously, you had Todd Bowles and Byron Leftwich were in the conversation. Yeah. But other than that, I mean... Yeah, for every names Gerard out there. Mayo was up there in a couple interviews. Yeah, Gerard Mayo was a name that's floating around, but... I couldn't tell you anybody else off the top of my head that yeah. was. Eric Bieniemy. Eric Bieniemy. That's the other one. I don't even know if he interviewed for any jobs. He, I think he interviewed for Denver again for like yeah. the third straight effing year. Which is crazy because he's from there. Yeah, he literally coached to Colorado right. and turned the program around and gave the Broncos Philip Lindsay as an undrafted free agent. And they're still, I don't know. That's still a weird. His contract is expiring now this year as well. So not only is he... Still not been hired out of the coaching carousel. 
He still hasn't got an offensive coordinator contract extension. He's going to be back in Kansas City. There's I agree. No way and I think. Back. No way. I feel like Andy Reid might be retiring soon. Because if five years ago, the, you know, or even three, four years ago, the first year Patrick Mahomes does great wins the MVP, if Andy Reid's like, hey, great year. I'm super happy with what we did. We're going to make a Super Bowl. I'm going to hang it up here in the next five years. It's not crazy. I would be like, well, I'm fucking staying then. I, but at the same time, I wouldn't be interviewing for other jobs. At that I, I think I don't think it's crazy to think that because I thought McDaniel's that's what he was doing for a long time. The reason he backed out of the Colts' job was, hey, Bill was Belichick retire. retires. This is your job, and maybe that's why he finally left because he realized maybe Bill's really not ready to hang it up. Oh, I, I think Bill Belichick coaches at least until he's he's seventy two. I think this year or something like that. Good lord, maybe he's not seven. Maybe he's sixty nine. He's something like that. He's on that cusp. Still up there, late sixties, early seventies. I think he coaches at least another five years. I thought Brady was going to play another three or four, and here we are. Yeah, he still might. So yeah, I mean, I love it. He's it's such an asshole move. He's like, "Hey, I retired," and then like a week later, we're like, "We'll never say never." Like, you, seen, you just hung it up. Have you seen Michael Irvin's take on that? I don't think I okay. have. If you haven't watched this interview, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a synopsis. After you're done listening to our podcast, big key there. Don't yeah. don't click don't away. pause. No, listen to the rest of this. Listen to the rest of this, and then go watch this. Just just Dan Patrick show on YouTube and then look up Michael Irvin's interview. Or I think he did it on the Rich Eisen show too. Mm. Both amazing takes. He goes he goes, you know why he's having a hard time? Because he's because he's gone from the boss of his world, right? He's the captain, he's the chief, you know, he's whatever for the NFL. And then he goes back into the house and he's no longer the boss. You know, Giselle's the, yeah, the star of the show here. She's running that she's running that ship. You she's know? been running that ship for a while now. And I think his, I think Michael Irvin's direct quote was he went from being the boss to getting bossed, right? And he was like, Oh shit, maybe I don't like this. He was like Michael because Mike, Michael was like he talked about it. He's like, After I retired, he was like, you know, I was hanging around the house and, and my wife comes up to me and she goes, Why don't you uh why don't you take out the trash? And he was like, Take out the trash and he said, These hands are what took me that took us from the ghetto to here or whatever. He was like, these hands don't touch trash. This is what got us out. <laughs> and I was like, oh, gosh, that's so funny. And it's just such an interesting take that of like, yeah, maybe home life is like, you're like, man, this is intense. So who knows? Yeah. And, and again, it's, it's, it's hard to hang it up and stay retired for a while regardless, let alone you quite literally having an MVP season. Yeah, he could be the MVP this year. It's still not fully decided. I mean, by the time you're listening to this, it's going to be decided, but the time we're recording it. We're doing a TikTok about the NFL honors, so be ready for that. I've decided it's happening. I was like, I've got news to me. Yeah, we're going to have to because I can't wait a whole week to talk about this. We're going to have to put out something. We've got got some TikToks lined up for you guys. 100%, yeah. Make sure you, you got boys don't lie podcast on TikTok. Yeah, it's we're we've got we've got some TikToks coming out. Here. Yeah, I know we do. I don't every with everybody else that has access to that account. I mean, everybody's the, gonna have the slate open, but we do like to make quite a bit of extra content. Yeah, we always have. We're nerds. We're losers. That's what we do, man. <laughs> okay, we're gonna jump back onto focus here now that we've gone like four train tracks over. So if you had to give the Mike McDaniel hiring a grade, what would it be? Not including the Brian Flores firing, strictly the hiring of Mike McDaniel versus the field. Grade, the, the biggest thing is part of the grade is the expectations he's up against. And I know you said not to include Brian Flores, but Brian Flores did set the standard high, so his expectations – like Doug Peterson has nothing to lose, right? Because no. whatever he does – The floor be, is non-existent. Yes, exactly. Whatever he does is going to be better. Like I promise you that. 
I just look at that and I go, man, that's going to be a tougher one to match. So I, I'm going to give it like a six, maybe a seven. Six, seven. Yeah. And weird guys very rarely work out. Like he he seems to be happy about playing about coaching Tua, which. Well, you have to be. Yeah, fair enough. But it didn't but seem like it was... was super jazzed about having to coach Josh Rosen for about a month. Yeah. And then, then he had Kyler Murray all of a sudden. I don't know. Mike McDaniel seemed way more genuine than Cliff Kingsbury did. Maybe that's the the, the weird guy coming out of him. Yeah. Maybe it's more believable than... Cliff Kingsbury's not really a nice, a weird guy, I guess. Right. I don't know. I like my coaches, like, very vanilla, very boring, and not... That was not a race comment, but, like, very, like... Plain Jane, like boring. Yeah, I don't. I don't like. You don't like Dan Campbell? Come on. I like Dan Campbell. I like a little I crazy. Want, would I want him to coach the Patriots? Hell no. But I like. It's entertaining to watch. But how often has crazy worked so far? I mean, outside of Pete Carroll, who's a big personality, like Andy Reid, kind of has a personality. Bruce Arians kind of has uh, a personality. Andy Reid eats cheeseburgers. Right. That's that's not a personality. Right. Like, like Rex Ryan didn't pan out very nope. long. Neither did his brother. Yeah. Exactly. Like these guys with the. He actually is interviewing to be on the defensive staff somewhere. I read that this morning. It's probably in New Orleans. He's been there before. before. He was Baltimore's inside linebackers coach this last year. Rob Ryan was, if you didn't know that. But, yeah, like, it's just these guys with big personalities normally don't last very long. Like, you have to kind of be even keel. Like, Pete Carroll, like, if you look at Pete Carroll, he's always really successful, like, the first four or five years he's somewhere. Same thing with Jim Harbaugh, a great example of, like, weird, energetic guys. Like, they're always great their first four or five years because it's new, it's exciting energy. But, like, if you had to do, like, you know, Pete Carroll smacking his gum and being a weirdo talking about – For eight years? Yeah. There's a reason Russell Wilson wants out. Exactly. Like, (laughs) I get it. You know what I'm saying? Like, that message, like, I would rather – it's like, what kind of work do you want to come into? Do you want to come to a job where it's like, okay, I know what the expectations are. I know what's expected of me. I know what it's going to be. Or is Pete Carroll going to decide we're going to hire an OC that's failed three times because he's like, I like the guy's spunk. You know, I like the guy's, I like the guy's spunk, and we're not going to hand the ball to Marshawn Lynch on the one-yard line. Right. He's like, you're like, what are we doing? Like, what is <laughs> Zany play call that was? Yeah. Like, if, I, if, like, far as a rule goes for me, I'm never hiring any coach that got fired by the Jets because <laughs> if he wasn't good enough for the Jets, he's most certainly not good enough for anything. Wait, didn't Adam Gase get a job interview to be somebody's OC? I feel like I saw that this last oh, week. I couldn't remember where, That's but scary. I saw it and I laughed. Yeah. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? This is wild times. That's, yeah, it really is. All right, moving on to the... Into the, the unofficial section? The unofficial hires, people that are rumored to be locked in but aren't officially locked in. Um, Vikings with uh, Kevin McConnell. Kevin McConnell, yeah. Kevin McConnell. Uh, Rams OC. If this is true, and everybody thinks this one is true, it's just, you know, they got to make it official because he's still coaching. I was like, he has to get through the Super Bowl first. Um, I think this is a great hire. I really, I think this is one of the ones that I look at and I go, okay, he's coming from an offensive style that you can then take to the Vikings and it works perfect. It translates very well. It translates very well. I mean, I mean, do I love Kirk Cousins in this situation? No. Again, the expectations against what Mike Zimmer did last year isn't going to be crazy high. The weird thing to me was the defense was the broken part last year, and they got a really offensive-oriented guy, which I guess kind of makes sense, but it's still... Go get a DC, man. 
It's still a little strange. It's really, it's going to be, I'm curious to see once he gets announced who he brings on as his DC. I think that'll be very important. Vic Vangio, Brian Flores. There's definitely names out there that can fill that DC spot. Yeah, I would go get a big name. And once this defense isn't hurt too, I think it's legit. So this is a higher, like if I had to rate it one out of 10, I'd say like an eight probably. Yeah, for sure. I think Doug Peterson's like a nine, nine and a half. So I'd give this one an eight for sure. I, I think this is a, a good fit. It makes sense to me. It feels like there's a plan here. And the, they plan. have to. They just have to keep drafting well. Yes. And you have to manage your money well because they have a lot of big contracts that are going to be coming up here soon. And they also and have, to, be able to get Kirk Cousins off their books. Yeah, and you have to navigate the waters of old defenders. Of you know, yeah. Eric Kendricks isn't getting any younger. Harrison Smith isn't getting any younger. Daniel Hunter isn't getting any younger. A lot of guys in there at that mid thirties, which where, is a it's a very dangerous window to pay a guy a lot of money yeah. because he could get hurt or the production could stop. This is a team that if they draft a quarterback in the first round, I'm even happier because none of these guys you look at and go, okay, they're going to start this year. Maybe Kenny Pickett, maybe. Maybe. But if they go out and get, you know, Matt Crow or even a Kenny Pickett, you know what I mean, and they don't give up a ton for him, he can sit behind Kirk Cousins because Kirk Cousins got one more year left. Yep. So they get him off their books. Like, this this is a great spot to go get a QB development for a year and then, boom, watch him explode. What do you do if Kirk Cousins has a good year this year? I don't keep him. There's no way. I mean, outside of him – Taking you to the playoffs and you go deep. Like you're a wild card team and you make it to the NFC. You think about it, but I don't look at the. You see, it's another Jimmy G situation. Well, here's the difference between Jimmy G and Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins has been doing it longer. Like we know what Kirk Cousins is and we know what Jimmy G is for the most part, right? Yeah. 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 The difference is, is Jimmy G's gotten people to a Super Bowl. So I think there's value in that. Kirk Cousins has, has never, has, I mean, he's won a couple playoff games. Like, I also think. Jimmy G's had better coaching along the way as well. I think having Kyle Shanahan helps, yes, to a certain degree. Right. So I would go. I would say that Kirk Cousins as a quarterback is better than Jimmy Garoppolo is. I think Super outside of him winning or a Super Bowl or getting them to a Super Bowl, yeah. I don't see how they keep. Isn't it. it weird that he is now the only active quarterback with multiple Super Bowl rings, Jim Garoppolo? Uh, yeah, I guess. Yep. And he didn't start a single game. I was for about to say he didn't take a snap in any of those. Nope. So yeah, he probably held a couple of kicks before they moved the punter in there to hold the kicks for him. No, but. he's been long. I mean, Pat McAfee was holding kicks in the NFL. That's Pat true. McAfee's been retired for fair enough long before Jimmy G was drafted. Yeah. Well, he is the only quarterback on an NFL roster with multiple Super Bowl rings now. That's weird. That is extremely weird to say. It's hard to say that he won them, but he I guess technically he he's did. got him. He's got them. They're on his fingers. He could have a third. It's crazy that he could have a third one. Or did he have three in New England? No, he only had two. Two. He could have had a. He was he was a deep ball throw away from having a third one. If he doesn't overthrow George Kittle, I can't remember who it was. I don't think it was George Kittle. Was it Kittle on that long bomb? Oh no, Kittle was the late drive. The late drive, last drive. I'm talking about the the deep shot that he had and just sailed it at the goal line. It might have been Debo, but. This, are you saying this year? Or? No, it would have. It was in the Super Bowl. Oh, in the Super Bowl. It may I, not have been Debo. I don't, I don't know Debo. who it was. Emmanuel Sanders. I don't fucking know. Yeah, he sailed a throw. He could have had three rings, and it could have really been a separation there to be had. But nonetheless, which is wild. Okay, off topic. <laughs> Last unofficial hiring here. Uh, everyone believes that Dennis Allen is going to take over the Saints' job. Is there DC right? I believe so. Yes, I think he's the DC. Yeah. <sighs> 
I don't know. It's weird. I don't. I I get it. Like I mean, when you've had a coach that long, um, it's hard to immediately go outside of the building and find another one. Yeah. Um, it it makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, he was the DC. I don't think it's officially locked in yet, but it might be. Um, but yeah, I I think this <clears throat> makes sense in a lot of ways. Um, when you have such a cultured coach like Sean Payton, a guy who's been there for so long and so ingrained in the program, you don't want to go anything that's too extreme, too um, different, too different. Right? Yeah. Um. So I think it makes sense to go with a guy who's in house already, who gets the culture, understands it, and everything like that. I'm I'm curious to see how this pans out. I. Again, this is a real – you want to talk about a rough cap situation. I think it's a win-win for the Saints, honestly. Like, you bring this guy in, you don't culture shock the change right out after 10 to 12 years of of Sean Payton. You, you know, you're giving a guy a shot. Maybe he's the next Sean Payton. Maybe he takes over and he's the coach for the next 10 to 12 years. That's, right. I mean, that's always a possibility. Yeah. But also, you're not bringing in an, an, a tenured head coach that you're going to have to give. Like, if this goes badly, you oh, can can him. him in two or three years. No one care. Yeah, no one would care. Whereas if you bring in a Brian Flores, like he's going to need a shot to get the roster and the cap situation under control. So it, it's a win-win because you could have the next guy. You're not shaking up too much. And also, if things go bad while you figure out your cap situation, you know. Uh, which I don't, I don't even know where they begin to navigate at this point. I think they really need to blow it up at this point because I don't, I don't see. But the problem is, is they're not even really in a spot where it's like they I have mean, a decent bit to blow up. To be a hundred percent honest with you, they could. There, there's quite a couple pieces they could move. Uh, Davis, their middle linebacker is not bad. Demario Davis could definitely play somewhere. Marshawn Lattimore, C.J. Gardner Johnson. The big names are Mike Thomas, Ryan Ramzik, and Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara, yeah. Teron Armstead would be at the top of that list, but I believe he's a free agent he this year. He is a free agent this year. Yep. So uh, Cameron Jordan is also a very solid edge rusher that you could add midseason next year. Yeah, he's a guy. He's like a – He's a getting older, guy. but definitely a Von Miller type guy that yeah. you could bring in and juice your line up. Yeah, he's, he's a great guy where it's like, yeah, we need a second guy. Like, that's yeah. perfect. I got to figure out where the hell all this money is going. At this point, I like, listen, I would love to be a GM, but the reason that the saints have worked so well is they have this guy who does nothing but the numbers. So he's just their cap number guy Mm -hmm. Um, and works out like how to move money and, and, you know, push it to the future and convert that to a signing bonus and convert this to that. Yeah. And you you know what I mean? And, And convert this to incentives. So I have no idea how the hell he does it, but yeah, like that is the one part that it's like, it's easy to do it on Madden when it's like, oh, this is how much cap space I'm going to have next year and everything like that. Yeah. Like, to do actual legal paper and all that stuff, I have no idea how he does it. It's insane. So when I'm looking, well, there's one. So Marshall Latimer is their highest paid player. His cap hits $27 million, which is insanity. It's a great corner, but I don't think he's like, if he's top five, he's five. So, but I'm looking, the biggest thing is Taysom Mill gets 12, Malcolm Jenkins is making $11 million a year. Pretty high. That's really high for a guy as old as he is. Um, But also Andres Pete, who's been decent, not great at guard. And then they have a defensive tackle. They're paying $13 million. That is not great either. So, but they have a lot of older money, which is a decent thing to have. Cam Jordan will be falling off here as well. But, 
I don't know, man. I don't know where all their money comes from because I'm looking at this, and I honestly, like, when I look at the top 10 contracts, I feel like Dallas is in a worse spot, but the Saints, obviously, overall are by far in the worst, worst spot. spot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're in, they're in hell, so. I don't know. They navigated it last year. I, I think you've got to – I think the only way that navigating year-to-year makes sense is if you're the Rams and you're winning game, you're winning Super Bowls. Well, this I is mean, not a team that's going to be there. To, to be fair, though, a lot of this has come from them thinking the last last year of Drew Brees they could get there. Yeah. So, And I don't think that was a crazy thought. Going all in that so, year man. made a lot of sense to me. So. Yeah, but going forward with Jameis and Taysom Hill – Trevor Simeon, Ian Book, whoever it is. I don't think the I don't think the answer is there. Yeah. So unless they find it this year, we'll see what they do with their first rounder or possibly their early second if they have one. Yeah. There's definitely going to be a quarterback available probably in the second round if I had to guess. But who knows? We will cross that bridge when we get there. Absolutely. Before we get into our bold predictions, which we're gonna we're gonna change things up a little bit here. Obviously, we haven't done hot and cold takes. Uh, the last couple weeks, we have a new segment to kind of fill in. But before we get to that, a quick word from our sponsors. If I can get the right sponsorship pulled up here, we have so many these days here on BDL to kind of rotate through. Our our word from our sponsor today is going to be from Nutrisystem. Uh, Nutrisystem will help you transform your life inside and out with a personalized weight management experience that's effective, simple to follow, and made just for you. Nutrisystem is a leader in weight loss in the weight loss industry, having helped millions of people lose weight for nearly 50 years. Nutrisystem offers safe, effective, and scientifically backed weight loss plans with a distinguished science advisory board and strong clinical studies. All plans include comprehensive support and coaching options from trained weight loss coaches, registered dietitians, and certified diabetes educators available seven days a week from an award-winning contact center. Nutrisystem is committed to continually evaluating the nutritional quality, taste, and overall appeal of its food through innovation and its food and nutrition mission, an ongoing effort to make its foods fresher, labels cleaner, and approach to ingredients more transparent. Sign up today at Nutrisystem.com with deals for men and women on the chef choices starting at $10.21 a day, including free at-home delivery. So get Nutrisystem today. If you got a late start to your New Year's resolution, it's February. You got 12 months. It's okay to start late sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's better to start late than quit. Nutrisystem is a great way to get back on track today. And as a chef, I approve of Nutrisystem. Have you done it before at all? I think my parents did it when I was growing up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've done theirs because they do like uh, they recommend the you know two two of their meals. Mm-hmm. I, the, the one that I did was. Two of their meals and then like one regular meal, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, no, I, I don't think theirs is is crazy at all. So it's definitely not a bad price either. At, uh, just ten bucks a day. So uh, from that into our our little segment that's going to fill in for hot and cold this week. You know, everybody talks about their way too early mock drafts, their way too mm-hmm. early Super Bowl predictions. We're just doing bold predictions way too early. Obviously, this season's not even in the books. Super Bowl still to come. Yeah. Crazy predictions. What do we think is going to happen next year in the NFL? Let's let's give some clarifying here. Sorry if you can hear my ring tapping on the microphone. Um, the reason we haven't done hot and cold is it feels cheesy to do like try to force hot and cold like during yeah. the playoffs when there's four teams left and it's like trying to make a relevant take and things like that. Mm-hmm. Like we don't want anything to feel forced. Forced. It's obviously scripted, right? Um, we have a script that we work 
work off because otherwise it would be two hours of us answering fan questions because we just have no ability to stay on track with anything. Yeah, I was, it would be two hours of us somehow ending from <laughs> Mike McDaniel to the Saints cap situation. Yeah, like we – I mean, you guys have seen some tangents today. So we do have scripts and we do write – try to have some thoughts put together. But, like, we try also at the same time to make it not feel like you're watching a super big network show where it's like – Okay, clearly they have to fill thirty minutes here, so yeah. they're just talking about stuff. Yeah, if we, one if one of us had to come on and argue for Kyle Trask, Kyle Pitts, and Kadarius Tony, yeah, it's not what I want it to be. No, like they're they're that's why like that's you're gonna get honesty with this for the you know what I mean for for a, a majority of the show. Like, yeah, sometimes we do things to try not to be the exact same with every single take, but like if we strongly are both like hell no, like yeah. we we never force a hell no, no. Like, and sometimes, you know, you, you listen to other podcasts, you listen to other shows, and you most certainly get that. And it's mm-hmm. awful to watch when you're like, this person does not believe a word that's coming yeah. out of her mouth. It makes me not want to listen because I'm like, that guy's an idiot. And if half your show is an idiot, I don't want to watch it. You so. should listen to this show and go, wow, those two guys are fucking idiots. Like, yeah. If both show, if both guys are idiots, I'll listen to that. I'll listen. That's all. I'm all for it. I can't do half. I can't live like, this guy is making a lot of sense. And then the other guy chimes in. I'm like, shut up. He's talking about two idiots going back and forth is a whole nother thing. I, we should, we should, we should have like, we should pull like our, like 10 people who listen to us a lot and be like, okay, who has better takes? Okay. Well, I mean, we could definitely do that. I'm curious. I'm curious to see like what people would be like, oh, you know what I mean? Like. I, I'm curious to see what people would think because some of my takes are wild, but that's true. And some of mine are safe, which could also hurt right. in the long run. I mean, they, that Eagles call, man, it was, if you hadn't, I, I wouldn't say you like faltered. You definitely like were I, I hesitant backed off a little bit. Yeah. I was like, okay, maybe, maybe I was too hot on him, but I, I, I doubled back down on it after the fact too. So yeah. like, you know, you doubled back down pretty quickly. Yeah, it was like a. It was like two weeks later, and I was mm-hmm. like, "Oh, that was so stupid. Why did I back off this take? I love this team." Who yeah, kidding. Yeah, but bold predictions for the 2022-23 Let's NFL season. Obviously, individual players is impossible to try to predict stat wise. Mm-hmm. I don't think any of us could have seen Debo Samuel doing what he's doing right now, or Cooper Cup having the year that he's having. So we tried to stay kind of more team based and more headline based than anything. You want to ping pong back and forth one yeah. for one? Yeah, we can okay. do that. You want me to start first? Yeah, you go first. Um, I'm going to start with uh, I think the Seattle Seahawks will finish last in the NFC West again. Russell Wilson or not? I okay. think I think that's a good add-on there. Even with Russell Wilson, I don't think this team is going to do great. I think it's stale. It's been stagnant. The fact that Pete Carroll wasn't fired or retire in the offseason, still kind of shocking to me. Obviously, he could still be traded, and this makes this take a lot more pr- like worse because yeah. it's obviously. I think I think with the caveat with them, because I think with this duo, it's so – because you have so many weapons of Tyler Lockett, DK Matt, Metcalf, Russell Wilson. Like, mm-hmm. there's so, and who knows who they go out and get a draft. Like, you know, they could draft a really solid. They have a decent. I think they're like 36 million in cap room, which isn't terrible. Yeah. It's not a ton to work with, but they can add some pieces. They go side Devontae Adams if they want to. To be 100 percent honest with you, that would be wild. It's overkill. But there's no reason to do that. No, but, yeah. not after paying Tyler Lockett. But um, as much as they have a little bit of cap room. Um, the offensive line still really hasn't gotten better. That was their number one need going into the offseason. And they made a trade or two and somehow got worse on the yeah. offensive line. Um, Teron Armstead's a free agent this year. That'd definitely be a guy I'd target. You have to protect Russell Wilson. 
I mean, you got to get him some kind of help to make him want to stay. Yeah. Um, I, part of the reason I, the only thing I worry about with this take is part of the reason why I think Pete Carroll's still there is because Russell Wilson might not be there. Yeah. And it's a possibility. Uh, and I think uh, a need in the draft is I'm taking a fourth or fifth rounder, sixth rounder, baby. I'm going to go look at the draft board. I'm going to look at all the running backs available. I'm like, that guy didn't miss a snap his entire collegiate career. That's the guy I'm drafting. Yeah. Because I don't really need a good running back. I need a guy that's going to effing play more than eight games a year. Because yeah. that's the only thing we don't have. I like Chris Carson. I really do. I think he's a stud. But he can't play a full season. And it goes the same thing with Rashad, Rashad Penny, Alex Collins, and any, uh, anybody else that's worn a Seahawks jersey in the backfield since Marshawn Lynch has left. Left, right. So... I, I, I just I don't feel confident in them fixing the issues because I watched them blatantly ignore all the issues last year and be like, we're just going to let Russ cook. And boy, I'll tell you what, it looks good for eight games. And then the rest of the teams picks it up and Russell Wilson falls off. And the cycle is brutal, and I think it continues next year at this point, especially with the Rams not going anywhere. Maybe a, a Kyler Murray trade. Maybe since the Cardinals to the seller, if that somehow were to happen this offseason. I don't think it will, but... The, the Rams and the Cardinals seem pretty set where they're at, at the, towards the top of the division, and I think the Niners get better with Trey Lance going forward. Well, the Niners, the Niners are the only thing that's interesting to me because there is going to be a growing pain year. They could Trey take Lance. a step back with Lance for sure. I, I think next year, if he, I mean, I, they're obviously planning on starting Lance all of next year, and I don't know if they'll be able to be as good as they were this year with Lance. It'll be interesting. They very well might be, but yeah. Um, we are we're a little strapped for time, and I want to make sure we have plenty of time to preview the Super Bowl here. So I'm gonna fly. Okay. Um, I think Rodgers will stay at Packer. I agree with you. Um, I know this is kind of maybe not like super early or you know super hot or anything like that, but I just don't see him going anywhere. I mean, this has been the talk of the off season. Right. I, it was the talk of all off season last season. It was the talk of the seat like midway through the season that we were trying to guess where he would end up. Yeah, and I think this is this is exactly why he's still there because this is all this last off season. I was like, the damage is irreparable. He doesn't like Matt Lafleur. He hates the GM. He wants out of town. Everybody, every, I've read reports today that him and the GM have a better Brian Gunacus. Is that his name? Yeah. Him, him and Gunacus have a better relationship now, and. He likes LaFleur. I just don't – I don't think there's another team that you go out, like, even if – like, besides Tennessee, I think Tennessee's the only one you could make an argument that I would go, okay, maybe, that they're close to comparable to that. Yeah. But – And I would I would argue that with Deshaun Watson and poss- – Deshaun Watson pending, obviously, the legal yeah. issues, and a possible Russell Wilson and maybe even Kyler Murray – I, I I would rather go get somebody younger than go get Aaron Rodgers at this point. Yeah. Depending on the asking price, obviously. Um, my next one up, uh, I think Tampa Bay wins back-to-back division titles. I think uh, for the first time in franchise history, they obviously won last year. They didn't win the year they won the Super Bowl. The Saints actually won the division. Hmm. Um, so they won the division this year. Um, I think they win it again next year. When I look at that division at this point, I think the Falcons are – they honestly they traded up towards the end of the year. Yeah. But it's another team that has a lot of gaps and they've had gaps defensively forever. Gaps that were apparent obviously apparent in the they Super can't Bowl. Get anyone who could rush the quarterback. No. It's wild. And they've dra- and the thing is that they've drafted guys and they still can't do it. It's they took insane. Dante Fowler Jr. He's not great. Like they have a guy or two here or there, and now Calvin Ridley wants out of town. This is a team that I don't think is trending up. The Panthers, again, 
I don't know who the quarterback is. And as much as I don't know who Tampa Bay is, I like Tampa Bay's roster, obviously, more than I like Carolina's. You, you have an interesting point there. I know they're going to lose some guys this offseason. I don't think Chris Godwin stays. I don't think you could pay him. I don't think you can pay him, and I don't think he stays. I don't think Gronk stays. I think there's going to be some pieces that leave. They still have O.J. Howard, Mike Evans. The defense is still there for a, a most yeah. part. O.J. Howard might be up this year. He may be. I don't know. He I was could, a first-round pick, so he may have a fifth-year option as uh, well. Yeah, that, this, I can't remember. The, this is yeah. This is. Probably, but who knows if they pick that up either. Yeah I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where he's at. I can't remember what his draft class was. but So, nonetheless... Everyone's like, oh, I don't know what Tampa has at quarterback. I don't know. Outside of Matt Ryan, I don't know what the rest of the division has at quarterback That's at this true. point. That's true. I well. didn't think about how big of a mess that division is. That, that division is a uh, clusterfuck, to it say is. the least. It is. All right, next one I got. The Lions will double their win total. So I'm saying they're going to win six or more games. Um, I can see it, man. They just started to play for Matt Campbell. On, and they have an opportunity to take a difference maker on defense here. I think they go pass rush. I don't think they go QB. I it would be unless not they at trade two. down. No, yeah, no. not at two. So I, you know, it's one of those situations like you had a really good pass rusher to that team, and I like a lot of pieces on this team. It's the pass rush move is going to be dangerous just because of the two that are there, and a lot of people are thinking that Jacksonville is not going to go edge rusher at this point. Really? Which I don't think they should. I'm you took really. Trevor Lawrence, and you should have followed suit to every other team that took a quarterback in the first round last year and took an tackle at 25. You instead took a running back after James Robinson ran for 1,600 yards. they take a tackle at one? And, and it's going to be a reach. Can you tell me the last tackle who went number one overall? Was it Eric Fisher to oh, Kansas City? That would have been my only thought. I was thinking it was prior to that but you I, that's a good point eric fisher was that would have been 2013 2014 yeah. did maybe he go like one that? though he did go one. Oh, he did yeah. i remember that one because that same so he was projected pick eight he went one to the chiefs and that mm-hmm. same year anthony bennett was projected eight in the nba draft and the Cavs took him one and both picks did not pan out well yeah <laughs> i was thinking it was jake long Jake Long was uh, that's definitely up there as well. I feel like there would have been another one that happened between there. No, I thought Jake, Jake Long scared everybody away. Yeah, I don't know, another but Michigan guy. Yeah, uh, the thing with tackles, and again, newsflash: the number one overall pick in the draft more often than not is a reach, unless it's a Trevor Lawrence guy. Jared Goff was a reach at one, right? Jameis Winston was a reach at one. Like most of the time, it's going to be a reach because you have glaring needs. And you've taken Trevor Lawrence at this point. I think you protect the investment. Take a first. You spend a first round pick on a tackle. I yeah. think um, they've got some interesting decisions they're going to have to make. For yeah. Sure. So, so the thing with Detroit at two with edge rusher is like you take Aiden Hutchinson, you bring him from Ann Arbor to Detroit, and Thibodeau's an animal. Shit. Like and vice versa as well. Right. But that's that's the NFL draft. Welcome to the the yeah. perils of having a top five pick. I, I, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what they do, but they have the opportunity to add a difference maker at two. Somebody can come in and make a difference right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and that division is kind of all over the place. It so. all depends on Aaron Rodgers at this point. Right. If Aaron Rodgers leaves, it's it's wide open. And yeah, so. the development of Justin Fields. Can the Vikings win with the first-year head coach as well? So that division is still, I think even with Aaron Rodgers coming back, they have to navigate their cap situation nonetheless. Most likely no Devontae Adams. It's going to be a weird thing to watch. Um, My third one, I'm going to stick in the NFC for my third take as well. I think the Giants have a winning record inside the NFC East next year. So I'm not saying they have a winning record overall. I think between the six games they're going to play in the division, I think they win four of them. 
Um, I think they win it. I think they beat Dallas at least once. Wow. Um, I'm betting on Wink Martindale as their DC. Um, and this is what I will tell you what I'm expecting is Wink Martindale is really creative with blitzes, especially a lot of cover zero stuff. And for the first year and a half, two years, boy, it works. And you can win a lot of games because a lot of teams aren't prepared for it. The reason he got canned is because the, uh, the rest of the AFC and in the division we're ready for it. Like the reason cover zero has worked so well up to this point is because you don't see it a lot. A lot of DCs and coaches aren't willing to send everybody but man coverage. It's a risky play to make. Yeah. But when teams are ready for it, it's easy to work. And get and Greg I, Williams fired in New York. Yeah. I I still think he did that shit on purpose because there's no way you do it with the game on the line. But I saw I saw I mean Wink Martindale do it this year. So. But I think it's going to be a learning curve for the rest of that division to get used to it, especially for a second-year ho- head coach in Nick Sirianni and his third-year quarterback in Jalen Hurts. The Cowboys are never quick to change and make adjustments, regardless of who their coach and quarterback is. And Ron Rivera's there. I like that team. But, again, the quarterback situation is up in the air. Yeah, well, they're so. a mess. I mean, the biggest problem I have with it is I look at the other side of the football, and, boy, is that going to be tough to Agreed. Like- I look at Jalen Hurts and um, oh, Dak Prescott. Dak, Dak Prescott, and then I look at the weapons those teams have: Dallas Goddard, um, it's Waddle, Jalen Waddle, C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, and I'm like, yeah, that defense might be good, but those are going to be real tough offenses. To it is, down. but that division has never been a, a division that is you know blowing other divisions out of the water record wise at the end of the year. It's always tight. It's there, always, I don't, there's hasn't been a back to back division champ in that division. In 17 years now. That's crazy. Which is insanity to think about. It's the longest record in NFL history. Or I think of any major sports, there hasn't been a, a reoccurring division champ at least once. How about them boys, huh? Yeah. That's crazy. I, I mean, that goes for years. all teams. But on to the next one. I'll be quick with this one. I think the Pats win the AFC East next year. And you're going to mm. be like, oh, that's you know a fanboy pick and everything like that. I'll tack to your fanboy pick. I think Baltimore wins the AFC North next year. So. Okay. We'll ride with both. This is the reason I'm not taking this as a fanboy pick here is because I'm going off the assumption a lot of Josh Allen's success was based off of what Brian Dayball was able to do. So I'm I'm gonna this is and this is maybe I'm not trying to directly compare Brian Dayball to Kyle Shanahan, but it wouldn't surprise me a ton if we saw a drop like Matt Ryan had when he lost Kyle Shanahan. He went for a Super Bowl MVP to Mid level, yeah, ten to twelve, fifteen. Lose, losing your OC is a bigger deal than I think people realize. I, I know Mac Jones is going through that as well. I was like, how much of a step back do the Patriots take as well? That's my only issue with that. The problem is, is I watch the Patriots offense this year, and like half of me is sad that Josh McDaniels is leaving, and then the other half of me is like, thank Excited. God, because we're not going to run outside halfback crack on third down ever again. <laughs> like, thank God we are not pitching the ball. Have you picked a new OC yet? Have they hired a new OC? They haven't. No, they and and Belichick is always like super slow and super quiet to announce that it's going to be some guy that you've never heard of Wes Welker yeah it's gonna, <laughs> it's gonna watch Josh McCown you know you never never said yeah, ever that's true fair but, enough I mean Belichick normally like if you look at our last OCs uh it was McDaniels Billy O'Brien and then we brought McDaniels back so it's like we tend to keep guys in high Bill O'Brien <laughs> like Bill O'Brien has said he's said it publicly like hey I'm interested in interviewing for that OC job and him doing the job that he did at Alabama this year, too. Like, I don't think it would be crazy to see him come back. I don't think so, either. Joe Judge has already been hired as an offense assistant for the team. So, 
Who knows? So he's not going to be the OC, thank God. But Yeah. Uh, as far as the Ravens and winning the AFC North, I think Baltimore is going to take the best player available at pick 14, which is possibly a top five talent. They get healthy. I mean, boom, automatically you have the conversation. Right. Yeah. So I, I don't think that's really that crazy. But I'm I it's not that I'm not buying the Bengals and the Joe Burrow hype. I think we've all caught the train a little too hard is what I'm saying. It, it'll be interesting. And there's always the Super Bowl hangover, whether you win or lose. So there's yeah. that factor. And the North is tough. I mean, Pittsburgh got worse, definitely, without Big Ben. But Mike Tomlin went 8-8 eight and eight with three different quarterbacks. That's true. 8-7-1 with so three So Mike Tomlin's always going to be a tough guy in that division. Always tough to get by him. Cleveland, who fucking knows? Yeah, I, I, I want to say they're back to the cellar, but the second I say that, it's going to be the year that they win 10 games. They tend to go so. every other year, so like... They, they were, should have an up year. They were great two years ago. They were pretty bad this year. So this year, the next year, they might be great. Who Which, knows? again, Baker Mayfield contract year, it all lines up to me. Yeah. Pay it, him and then he sucks again. It could, it's very real. So don't, 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 uh, don't sleep on that. Um, let's jump into pump the brakes here. Bring it on. I cut it down. I trimmed it down because. And we're really that low on time, huh? We have 25 minutes left to kill. Ooh. And I, I wanted to spend, I want to spend a decent chunk of it. Okay. Actually talking about the game that everybody's listening to this podcast for that's coming up this weekend. I, Maybe you've heard which, of it. Which game is that again? Yeah, I know. Remind right? me. I know. That's wild. I know this is a big request <laughs> out of me. Jesus, I don't know how we ever did the show in 90 minutes before. That um, makes no sense. I have no idea how we did it. It was just couldn't have been very possible. Um, so we're going to try to fly through these, and then we'll be able to talk about the Super Bowl. We won't talk about the NBA. Um, we'll get there. We'll get there eventually. This will be an NBA podcast at one point. Yeah, it'll convert over. It'll yeah. convert over. We'll talk about you know some long-term stuff for the pod here towards the end of this episode, I think. Soon. Um uh, QBs think they are NBA superstars. Yeah, I don't think there's any debate against this at this point with Kyler Murray's thing. Um, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson. Lamar Deshaun Jackson Watson. is starting to make me nervous with his contract negotiations with Baltimore at this point. He as is well. negotiating himself, which is never great. For it's worked out a couple times. And I was really, I was hoping that this was going to be one of those cases. I think Teddy Bruschi was a guy that negotiated his own deals in New England, wasn't he? I don't know if that's He true. wasn't a superstar quarterback, obviously. But, no, he played middle linebacker. Um, I'm, I have a cat named after him, too. Fun fact. There you go. Yeah. I didn't know that that's why he was named Teddy. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, yes, 100%. I, I think that they're leaning towards this, and I think the way that the league is playing nowadays, it's starting to back this up at this point. It's never going to logistically make sense, but every single week we come on here and we're like, you have to have a special, you have to be special at quarterback, right. or you have to be special at nine out of the other ten spots. Well, in the mobility of quarterbacks, I mean, Pete Manning and Kirk Cousins were like the biggest QB moves we'd seen in like the last twenty years. Mm-hmm. And we very well might see more moves in the QB market this offseason yeah. than we've seen in a long now, time. We, see, we saw Goff and Stafford swap, which we couldn't have even imagined happening Oh yeah, going into the offseason no, last that, year. No, that was wild, too. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's incredible how much mobility top-tier quarterbacks have mm-hmm. and how willing teams are able to move them. Yeah, too. and just quarterbacks in general at this point in time. Even backups are flying around at yeah. ridiculous rates now. So, Okay. The Packers should trade for another QB. Now, this is on the assumption that they are going to trade Aaron Rodgers. You're saying like a like a, a Tannehill-Russell Wilson swap? 
So, like, uh, I'm not thinking that, but uh, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson. Garoppolo. Maybe. I don't think Garoppolo, like, if, if, if I can stay elite, so if I can get a Deshaun Watson or I can get uh, Russell Wilson. a Russell Wilson, I think about it. I don't think, like, for Garoppolo, I, you just ride it out with Jordan Love. Same thing with Tannehill. Unless Whereas, the price is nice around it, obviously. Like, it all depends. You're going to get a big discount because you're trading him Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. No, I don't think – I think Aaron Rodgers, if he got traded to the Texans, would be like, all right, I'm retiring. But That's true. That's very true. Um, I think if nothing else, there needs to be a change. A flip in the I, I would pump the brakes and say maybe they take a quarterback in the second round. I don't know. That's true. Because this is probably one of the only – times that you're going to have quarterbacks that could possibly be franchise guys in round two because most of the time like when you look at last year's class we had five guys go in the first round and then kellen mond was like i think kellen mond was the second round pick but then it was like i could trask was the second round pick yeah and i couldn't tell you who got drafted after those two guys probably uh, there's a big one that we're forgetting but it doesn't matter so most of the time, you don't have a top five quarterback available in the second round, and there's a solid chance that that happens this year. Yeah. So I would something has to change, even if it's a low level. I'll sign Mitchell Trubisky. I fucking who knows. I'm not excited about that prospect, but something has to change. I I wouldn't hate that move either of just bringing in a really good backup. There's got to be a shakeup. That yeah, happens. something. If you lose Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Brady will be the MVP this year just because he retired. Oh, man. I want to say no, but I feel like it's going to happen. Like, I, I think our show will be out same day that it yeah, comes out. So. I hate where the NFL Honors happens at because it's a regular season award, but they make you watch three rounds of the playoffs and the Pro Bowl before yeah. we do it. Because um, now everyone's like, which is funny that they both lost on game-winning plays, but everyone has a sour taste in their mouth about Aaron Rodgers, but not about Brady. Well, and I think the whole stuff about that Chicago reporter and people not liking Rodgers, like I think that plays a factor in the fact that Tom Brady is retiring. I think there's so much. They were close, and then I think Brady retiring, I think is going to be like, well, it was his last season, so we'll give it to him to kind of like – you know, go out on top if you Yeah, will. just because there's no other... Honestly, I wish they would just give the MVP to Cooper Cup, to be 100% real with you. It's never going to happen. But if there was ever a year where I was like, there's not a quarterback to slam dunk this home award, it's yeah, this year, in my it's opinion. It's this year. This year was kind of wild. And there's another... And there's we a talked about it player. all year. Uh, give, give MVP to Cooper Cup, give Offensive Player of the Year to Jonathan Taylor, and move on. I think if you looked at our quarter season, half season, and three-four season MVP awards, I guarantee you, I think all three of them were different different people for us yeah i would bet 100 percent. i don't have that pulled up in front of me but i think that's interesting. i would be willing to bet that there may have been a duplicate but it was from one to three a guy that was really good and then fell off and then was really good again then came back yeah i don't think there was anybody that 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 continued from one to two or two to three so um i i could definitely see that happening for sure um, last one, and this is a great one to transition in the Super Bowl. That's why I kept it. Mm. Sean McVay has the most pressure on him during the Super Bowl. This is tough. I think um, the only person, only other person you could maybe argue would be Stafford. I think just the Rams as a franchise has. I'm saying an individual. Their GM. <laughs> maybe. Like, 
I don't I don't know because like what do you define as pressure? Like, so who who is going to have the worst optics if they don't win the Super Bowl? I think it's got to be McVeigh. I think it's Stafford. McVeigh's gotten there with golf before, right? But now you're zero and two as a head coach in the Super Bowl. Not a great look. Not a great look, but and you again, went and got him, so you geared him up. You got him a better QB, and he still can't win the big game. But it's the same thing with the Cardinals. Like, there's progressions. This is the first year with Stafford. You made it. Well, so it's different because, but this team as a whole, there's a lot of guys that there's are playing Bill. in their second Super Bowl here. Yeah, on this team, so that's the difference. Is and the head coach has already been to a Super Bowl, so it's it's different when the whole team is progressing together. Yeah. It's different when it's just Stafford's first Super Bowl. I would say I would say he has the most pressure, but by by no means do I ever see him even touching the hot seat if they lose. I I think so. I think if he wins, I think it cools everything. Solidifies. Down. It solidifies some things. I think if he loses, and then let's say and he has two or three bad seasons in a row, I'm just saying it would be one to watch. Of like, well, yeah, I. He loses this game and we go into next year, there's zero questions about job security in my mind. Now, at the end of next year, if it doesn't go well, right. we maybe have questions. But losing the Super Bowl to me poses I'm, I'm no questions job security-wise. I just think for him, there's a lot of pressure. And then the weight gets heavier. Now you become the guy that can't win a Super Bowl. Yeah. Going into next year, it's a lot worse because now you're like, okay, well, you made it with Goff. And we're like, good job. That means you're really good. Yeah. And then you got Stafford and we're like, okay, go do something. And then you still didn't do it. Right. You still and so now. And then the monkey the monkey gets a little bit heavier. Yeah. And then, you know, what if he makes it to a third and losing that one? Now it's a gorilla. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Because like, next year it could be Patty in a revamped Chiefs offense and defense that gets there. Well, and you look. Yeah, exactly. Like the AFC is wild. So you, you're not going to see the same opponent in the AFC probably for a long time. Probably not two years in a row, I wouldn't for say. Sure, yeah. But the thing is, is that as, as good as everybody in the AFC is, Patrick Mahomes is really effing good too. So I don't know. Are you going to pump the brakes or no? Um, if you pump the brakes, I want the name. I was like, I'm not going to pump the brakes just because I couldn't give you anybody else. Okay. Um, the other one, I want to I want to talk about this. I mean, we have a little bit of time still. And it's still Super Bowl related. A lot of people are saying that if if they win, if the Rams win the Super Bowl, Matthew Stafford is a lock for the Hall of Fame. What is what are your feelings on that? <sighs> Shit, that's tough. Um, like if you were to retire after the Super Bowl, because that's what lock to me means. That right. if you hung it up on the podium, you know, he's holding the Lombardi trophy and he hung, people think it with up. his stats and his career that yeah, a Super Bowl ring puts him in that class. Yes, I would say so. I I, I tend to agree with it because I look at some of the QBs because it's like, okay, if Philip Rivers had a Super Bowl ring, I would say definitely a Hall of Fame. I was like, my gut tells me to disagree, but <laughs> Calvin Johnson just made it. And I get the 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 level right. of talent there, but we're talking about two guys that didn't win anything in Detroit. All they did was put up numbers, and you're adding a ring to Stafford's resume. I feel like he's – but also a quarterback to receiver is a very different – Yeah, it's a jump. Standards. There. QBs are m- much more heavily measured on rings than wide receivers. Which I think is dumb. I don't think rings should – rings, to me, to be 100% honest with you, rings don't mean shit to your resume in my opinion. They're they're That's icing wild. on the cake. That's how I feel about it. That's nuts. Cuz I mean, now again, if a guy gets there four times and loses every single time, it looks obviously there's context to everything. Right. But 
in the the sport that it's hardest to win a title yeah. and it's hardest to win it multiple times for that to be like the end all be all of the debate feels dumb to me it, now again if if i'm like i have to decide between eli manning and philip rivers who's gonna get in Eli's gonna you get have in. the icing yeah fair enough but for like, i don't think drew Brees should be discounted for winning one super bowl when he's the only quarterback to throw for five thousand well, yards in five I, okay, years so i think drew Brees gets in no matter what a hundred percent he yeah. has the stats to do it yeah but i think but the problem is it as quarterbacks in the nfl stats are great nobody really cares about the mvps it's not the nba you know what no. i mean well it's all that shit's popularity because it's writers that do it right so my but my point is with with quarterbacks super bowls directly define your success so like okay oh the goat debate oh is it tom brady or peyton manning well it's clearly tom brady yeah tom brady was a a, a different level of peyton manning just because of the amount of super bowls he won he was the exact same but the thing is that peyton manning trailed in the offseason brady didn't that was the, that's the difference to me there right and I think my main thing is that everyone – there's still a lot of people that don't think Tom Brady's the GOAT. They think he's a system quarterback. What I'm telling you is that he is the greatest quarterback of all time without six rings. I think he still is there. Now, I think playing as long as he did, he needed one or two, yeah, obviously. I, but I don't think the ring – like, because people – Jordan fans hang their hat on 6-0 and yeah. pretty well. Yeah, and I don't. And what I'm saying is that Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback of all time, and I don't think you need to hang your hat on that. I think he's got the stats to get him there. I mean, he's number one in everything, but he play, He's played more games than everybody else. Yeah, and I think, and again, like longevity should be a plus, not a negative. So like, well, of course he leads the league. The right NFL history, he well, played the longest. So he like did, he did stuff to keep it. It's like kind of like LeBron this season. Yeah, he's done stuff to prepare his body to last as long as it has, so he should get credit for it. Yeah. But, if nothing else, it shouldn't count against him. Right. Well, here's the thing is like, okay, do we count Drew Brees' stats against him a little bit because he played half his games inside in a dome? Where Tom Brady's doing it in Foxborough, Massachusetts, where it's Eli did it in, snowing and raining all the time. Eli did it in New York. Peyton Manning did it for half his career in a dome, half his career in, in Denver. Denver. Which you can argue Denver's an advantage too because these other away the teams come out there and the altitude's all janky and everything like that. So. Especially with two division rivals. I being mean, you're getting real nitpicky, but for me, Super Bowls absolutely matter, and I don't think it's dumb. I, I think they matter, but I don't think they matter as much as everybody says they do. Because NBA is definitely a game of overall skill, like. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to be good at defense. You have to be good at rebounding, passing, score. You, you play to, both sides of the ball. Yeah, you play both sides of the ball. Whereas football, you want a quarterback who can, you know can go out there and win. Like, that matters. Like, postseason, like, in the GOAT debate, Aaron Rodgers with one Super Bowl is in a different tier than Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Joe Montana, all these other guys because he only has one ring. 100%, yeah. It's, it's a way of separating them for sure. Fair enough. I'll give you that. I I don't think it, it defines – it's not a sole factor for me. I mean, you have to take into account everything, obviously. But to me, it's a it's a way to go, okay, Tom Brady's clearly a class of his own. And then the second-tier guys, I'm not saying Eli Manning's in with his brother because he's won two Super Bowls. But yeah. Eli Manning has separated himself. Separates from, from Philip Rivers. From Philip Rivers, from Drew Brees, from, you know what I mean? Like, it, it elevates him because he has the two rings so so here's my question like I, I i don't know what if there would be an exception if that's how you would define it but like who's better all time dan marino or eli manning because dan marino never won a ring 
but Elon Manning has two. So you're looking at you're looking at two. This is a good. This is a great question. This is us an awesome question because it's the two extremes. So you have Dan Marino, who is a really high performer, but an underachiever in the offseason. The gunslinger have, that never got one. Exactly. And Eli Manning is the classic underperformer statistically, but has gotten into a Super Bowl. I would put Dan Marino in a different class, a higher class of QB than Eli Manning, even though there's different Super Bowls. So I, I guess I think the best way to put it would be like Dan Marino would probably be at the bottom of his tier, but his tier is higher than Eli Manning being at the top of his Eli, tier. Eli Manning, to me, is when he's when he he'll make the Hall of Fame. He might not be a first ballot, but he'll make the Hall of Fame. Hundred percent. Eli Manning is the absolute bottom tier of QBs. Okay. The lowest because he had no. He, so you don't think Philip Rivers makes it at all? If Philip Rivers makes it, he's in the same tier as Eli Manning. He's in the same tier. He's below in the same tier, but in the in below that, in that absolute bottom tier. tier of QBs. Like like if we were to tier, you know what I mean? I think that's the best way to define it. Is Tom Brady's in his own tier of QBs all time. And then there's this secondary tier where there's a lot of guys in there. Steve Young, Joe Montana, Peyton Manning. You know, if Aaron Rodgers wins another one, I would put him in there. But if he doesn't, I think he's in the next tier of guys who were hyper-talented, have great performances, but only have one. Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers right now. You know what I mean? I think I think you have to do this class system. It has to be a tier system. It has to be a tier system of, you know what I mean? And then how you want to rank guys inside of that, I think, is very open. Like, if you came to me and you wanted to say, well, Peyton Manning's better than Joe Montana, or vice versa, I, you have an argument for both ways. Like, I'm not going to get super – but if you try to tell me, well, Drew Brees is better than Peyton Manning, I'm, I'm going to be like, no. I still have a I – I have people that tell me that Peyton Manning's better than Tom Brady is, so – Right. And, and the problem with QB is you can't judge it off of talent. Because if it's talent, it's Aaron Rodgers. But In 10 to, years, it'll be Patrick Mahomes. But you, yeah, exactly. Like it'll be, I mean, it but depends on how many Super Bowls Patty wins. And it depends on if he doesn't get hurt before if then. If Patty wins five rings and has better stats than Tom Brady in, in the same or less amount of time... I think it's in. I think Patty Mahomes is in the argument for the greatest quarterback of all times. I would agree with you. I don't. I don't think he has. To I think even to, if he wins four, if he wins four, I would agree. I think it puts him in a certain tier of. You, you know have to I mean? have both. Yes. I think. Well, you don't have to have both, but you have to have a lot of one, and you got to be close to the other. Okay. I regret else. adding that because we were already tied on time, but that was a good conversation, though. That it was, was. It was. It was interesting. Into the Super Bowl. Into the Super Bowl. Let's talk about it. Um, Bengals versus Rams. Um, to me. I think the most slept-on component here to me for this for this matchup isn't any offense. I think it really comes down to the Rams' defense. Um, I would agree. I, I think it all comes down to Von Miller, Aaron Donald. Can they put pressure on Joe Burrow? Because that's the question. Yeah, it's, it's all twofold. Because I think that question... Is already answered. I think it's yes. Tennessee racked nine sacks on him. Yeah. The it comes down to Stafford, in my opinion, because now he's played now now in the postseason. He's had like nine hundred yards, six or seven touchdowns, like one or two picks, if yeah. that. He's played extremely well. You just have to not be Ryan Tannehill in this situation. That's what I'm looking at at this point, because Tennessee did everything they could defensively to take Joe Burrow, not take Joe Burrow out of the game, to to take Joe Burrow out of the game statistically and to win that game and to move on in the playoffs. And Ryan Tannehill and that offense couldn't get it done. Right. I, I don't think, I, I given that situation, I don't see a situation where the Rams get nine sacks. 
and, and lose. The Bengals win. And yeah. lose, exactly. Yeah. There's no way There's it happens. There's no way. So that's why I think that matchup is the most important because if it gets to five plus, I just don't see a way that Joe Burrow is able to because you're able to pull it out against a Ryan Tannehill. But the Rams are so special that like, and this we've talked about this a lot. The Rams aren't required to have Matthew Stafford perform amazingly to win this game. No. He can be mid-level. Yep, yep. He has to make the right passes, not make mistakes. You can run the football with that team. You know what I mean? There's a lot of options where I think on the Cincinnati side, I think Joe Burrow has to have a special game. I don't think Joe Mixon is going to be able to carry him to a win. I would agree. Against this defense is the problem. And Jalen Ramsey versus Jamar Chase is going to be a really interesting matchup because I think Jamar Chase, like – you know, maybe only catches three, four balls because... But every time that's happened, T. Higgins is at a great game. Right. And um, their third receiver has always been solid as well. Oh, I can never Tyler remember. Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd has been solid as well in those games. They will probably... C.J. Uzama said he wants to play. Him and Tyler Higby, both starting tight ends, sprained their MCL in the championship game. Right now, Higby's looking doubtful, but despite the same injury, Uzama's like, I am not fucking sitting out. Yeah. Which, it could be a hamper to a certain degree because if you throw off the timing of a certain route here or there because you're running a little bit slower, right. it, it could be, be an issue. Right. Do you feel like the the saying, offense wins games, defense wins championships, is still true? After all we've seen throughout the playoffs at this it, point? So, I, it's, it's tough to say. In certain matchups, yes. In certain matchups, no. This is one that I think you have QBs who typically, I mean, I shouldn't say that. Stafford has is, is mistake-prone. Joe Burrow can be mistake-prone at times. You have guys that like to sling the ball here. So, Throw the rock, yeah. So this is one of those ones where whoever wins the turnover battle, I wouldn't be surprised wins the game. Yeah. I it's going to directly correlate to did we give up opportunities and give the other team – did we give the team more opportunities than we should have? Yeah, and I think an astronomical difference in the sack category could also do it. Yeah. Because um, you're losing possessions at that point. Whether it was a turnover or not, right. a third and 17 is not an ideal situation to yeah, be in. Yeah, you're not going to get those. Like, I I really like the Bengals because they've been this wild card team that you know wins on the road and does this unexpected stuff, which is great. But at a certain point, like you can only – claw your way back and crawl back in a game so many times against so many, you know what I mean? Like this is a talent. They crawled back in the last two games. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, realistically, and, and not to like, you know, crap on the Bengals here, but the Chiefs lost that game in overtime by not scoring on the first possession. So, in, you know what I mean? The Chiefs lost that game in the second half by not putting up a single point, point. except for the game-tying field goal. Right. So, there's a lot of factors that go into that. Mm-hmm. So, it's going to be tough for – the Bengals are definitely – I mean, they're underdogs for a reason. I don't know actually what the line is on this game. There's a lot of hype and a lot of love around Joe Burrow right now, and it's all deserved. Like, don't – I'm not trying to trash on the kid or anything like that. They are up against some scary odds here. 100%, so, yeah. The Rams are only four-point favorites. I feel like it's low. So well, and and you know what the man. crazy part is is Vegas factors in home field advantage at about three points on average. Wow. So if you took this on a neutral field, they would give the Rams they would be one point favorites going into this game. That's crazy. That's and that's a that's rough, how hot the Bengals are. That's a rough estimate of you know what I mean. Uh, on average, they give three points to the home home team. Yeah. So. I mean, when I when I look at this matchup, I do think that defense still wins championships at this point. 
because even in the offensive riddled games, Kansas City and Buffalo and Kansas City and Cincinnati, yes, the offense was everything in Kansas City versus Buffalo. It was 100% all of it. But if Buffalo goes out and gets a stop, that defense wins you that title. Yeah, Josh Allen went down and scored, or they went and kicked the game-winning field goal, but right. you stopped the other offense. Is I think it's true. more true now than it ever has been because despite you being the number one defense in the NFL through the regular season or you being the, the seventh-best defense, can you get a stop when it matters? And guess what? Cincinnati got a stop when it mattered in OT against Kansas City, where Buffalo didn't the week before. The, the other thing I'll say, too, is... We, we can say Cincinnati got a stop in that overtime. Patrick Mahomes made a mistake. I think the Chiefs' play calling was the mistake. The throw was bad. The throw, I'm not, that's the problem. I'm not excusing that. I think winning a coin toss, getting a first and 10 from your 25 with 5 to 10 minutes to score, and throwing three straight 20-yard passes is an issue. Right. The pass to the double coverage is obviously the one that ends it, but the play calling was another issue to start. The, the, the point I'm trying to make is there's a difference between that throw that Patrick Mahomes makes versus what Seattle did in the Super Bowl. Agreed. Malcolm yeah. Butler made a play on that. That was a defensive play that he went out and made. That, that was good offense, better defense. Exactly. Whereas great. Kansas Whereas, City and Cincinnati was just bad offense. That was just bad. That was good defense with real bad offense. Like yeah. Throwing into double coverage like that is never going to end well. So. Yeah. And you know what's crazy is I've been on this train, and just for me to come out and say my pick, I am picking Cincinnati in this game just because I'm worried about Sean McVay and Matthew Stafford. There's times where, I mean, that play calling in the NFC Championship game by was conservative was, was very scary. Yeah. It was not the McVay that I want to see. And, and against Kyle Shanahan, that was the scariest part. Yeah, and, and that's the thing about if they come out, and they call plays and they play the way they did the first half against Tom Brady, oh, good Lord, this is going to be a massacre. Right. Because they were like, all right, we've, we've heard the conservative talk. We get scared at times. We're going to come out and we're going to punch Tom Brady in the mouth. And it worked. They were up like 27-3 to at one point. Mm-hmm. Here comes Tampa Bay. And yeah. if it wasn't for Cooper Cup, they would have lost that game and they'd be sitting on the couch right now watching Tom Brady chase his seventh ring. So I want to – Eighth ring. I want to, I want to like, you know – put some thoughts out here so one just because you've had a great season you can still get to the super bowl and not play great matt, oh yeah matt ryan is a great example of that had played awesome throughout the entire playoffs got to the super bowl did not look good you could you could end that in the postseason as well right so so joe burrow might not like because you know everyone was calling him maddie ice was his nickname right yeah it's maddie ice in the super bowl man this guy is cool calm collected under pressure he was not in not in the second game. half not in the second half the reason that I like Cincinnati so much is because the reason I like second half teams, right? Mm-hmm. As a Patriots fan, I didn't care what the score was at the end of the first half. I said, you know, oh, we're down. Oh, we're down 28, 20, what was it? Three to 28, 28 to three. 28 to three. I'm like, we got Tom Brady. We're a second half team. Like, it, yeah, that's the Tom Brady effect. And, and, but Joe Burrow has shown signs of being. A second half guy, like that Not second even, half just, against Kansas City was great. Was I don't a great second half. I don't know if I've ever seen Joe Burrow be rattled before. Right, that's the through thing. college, through NFL, yeah. ACL tears, nine sacks against Tennessee. He's been cool, calm, and collected. As much as this is a veteran versus a young player matchup at QB, like 
Joe Burrow played for a national championship, and it's not the same as the Super Bowl, but it's it's more experience than Matthew Stafford's ever had at playing at Georgia and playing for the Lions. Even if it's not the most, you know, the most experienced, it's definitely the most recent experience in right. a big game. So I that's the I'm going off of off of my off of what I've seen out of McVay. I don't like it, and then what I've seen from from Joe Burrow and um, in the second half. That's the reason I'm going for that. And I might also have significantly large amounts of money on the Cincinnati Bengals oh, to win as well. So there, okay. that might be a slight. I'm not a gambling man when it comes to the Super have Bowl. Have you already gambled this much? Or are you saying that you're going to make? Oh, no, it's already happened. Oh, it's already happened. Oh, I got a spreadsheet I got to show you of that I, prop that I've made. I think you are bold to bet on a team and then go on a microphone and double down on it. Oh, because yeah. usually we're wrong. Like, well, we're wrong when we pick together. That's <laughs> true, and we're picking opposites here. I my my playoff record was positive, so I'm that's gonna, true. I'm riding my was my negative. I think I was fifty fifty. Yeah, I think you were about. I think I split actually. I think I was five hundred in every single round. Yeah. Um, I'm going uh, L. A. Here, mm-hmm. let the winner be crowned. Um, I can see either team winning. I yeah, hundred percent. This that is doesn't need to be said. Totally up in the air. Um. Because they're like, well, if Ramsey takes out Jamar Chase, well, Cincinnati has found a way every single other time that he's been taken out of a game so far. Um, I'm taking L.A. because of the defense. Like you said, I don't think there's any way that it's five-plus sacks and they lose this game. Um, to to be cheesy, I'm rolling with history here. We saw a, a young quarterback make the Super Bowl before anyone thought. We saw Von Miller have a ridiculous game who was in his prime at the time and tore up the second half and sent this quarterback into oblivion when the Panthers and the Broncos met in the Super Bowl once upon a time. Cam Newton was the guy on the rise, the the former Heisman, uh, former national champion was there before he was supposed to be. We saw a defender, arguably the greatest edge rusher of all time in his prime. We're seeing Aaron Donald now in his prime in this game. And I think Aaron Donald has a massive effect on this game. Um, Can I counter your point real quick? Bring it on. I'll roll with history here and okay. say there's a young, hot QB <laughs> in his second I, year. Why did I not see this happening? Going in as an under, <laughs> underdog into the Super Bowl. Everybody had you know questions. Who is this kid? Is he, is he the real deal? And you know what? That quarterback went on to be the GOAT. I'm not saying Joe Burrow has to do that. But I'm saying I'll roll. I'll take. I'll take that side of history. Now that side of history is a bigger long shot than your side of history. But fair enough. If we're gonna quote history on second year QBs in the Super Bowl, you know the last twenty years has told us maybe not a bad bet to bet on the underdog. Yeah, it's fifty fifty if nothing else. Right. Um, I just I, I like the Rams. I the the play calling does make me nervous. I'm not gonna lie to you. The Sean McVay, the the timidness. I will have hoped that they've because it looked like. I'm betting on them learning their lesson again because I feel like in the first two games through the wild card of the divisional round, I feel like they learned that the timid play calling has to stop and it won't be successful. And I feel like they took that into the NFC title game and they learned that, but then it they didn't learn it in the second half. I'm hoping that now with... I, I feel like the lesson is complete. I feel like they did chapters one and two really well. They stumbled through chapter three, but I think they take what they've learned in the NFC title game into the Super Bowl. And I, I take the second year coach, or you know, the coach in his second Super Bowl. I take Stafford, who's played well down the stretch, and I just think the team overall, I think, is better on paper. But paper doesn't win you Super Bowls. 
The other thing I'll say too, and this is going to sound so dumb, but it's such a weird superstition of mine. Bring it. I hate when teams wear the white jerseys in the Super Bowl. Mm. Patriots, they lost. I think we lost one, two. The three Super Bowls we lost, we were all wearing white. We were one and four in white jerseys in Super Bowls. The mm. only one we won was in Seattle where we were wearing white. Cincinnati is wearing home. They're wearing the blacks. Mm. So I'm not saying anything. What was the other Super Bowl that you would have lost? We lost two to the Giants. We yeah. lost the Philly special. Ah, And we yep. wore white in the Philly game too. Yep, and I remember the Seattle game. That was the Malcolm Butler game. You should have lost that one, we too. We should have lost that one. I Actually, we wore blue for one of the Giants ones, so I have to take that off. But we're not great when we wear white. That's true. I wonder who the other team was that you lost to in the Super Bowl. Then. No, maybe we're, one in, maybe we're one and three, or one and two. No, because I thought the helmet catch that the Giants had white jerseys on. I don't know. The maybe Giants, they're one and three. That's what I'm saying. That one, they had white jerseys. Maybe they're one and three. And then the other one we had, yeah, I think, I, think I'm, I think I'm adding a game in there. But, yeah, I don't like white jerseys in the Super Bowl. I don't know. It's just a weird superstition of mine. Cincinnati's wearing black, so. I mean, it falls along that side, so I don't know. Um, who do you, who's your pick for Super Bowl MVP? This is tough. Let me, uh, let me pull up. You, you go ahead and give yours, and I'll. I'm going up. off the wall. And, uh, I have money on it, so I want to match my money picks. I'm taking history again here. Like I said earlier, Von Miller, in the prime of his career, came in and influenced that game extremely heavily. Two and a half sacks and a forced fumble against Carolina. I think you're watching arguably the greatest defensive tackle, if not the greatest defensive player of all time, and Aaron Donald on this side of the ball against a weak offensive line who gave up nine sacks to Tennessee in the divisional round. I'm taking Aaron Donald as my Super Bowl MVP in this game. I have, I have th- money on three guys to win Super Bowl MVP. Which is wild that I don't have Joe Burrow, but I don't. I have Matthew Stafford, Joe Mixon, and Jamar Chase. Wow. Those are my three guys. The, the Joe Mixon one, the odds on that have got to be insane. Oh, it's I probably think. pretty crazy. Because when's the last time a running back won Super Bowl MVP? I'd like to see that stat, too. Probably been too long, but, yeah. I mean, the only reason – so I, I, my buddy and I have bet on Super Bowls. I don't know how long we've been doing this. We have a Google Doc sheet. And we add bets. Really? And I can show it to you. I've got I've got it pulled up here. I'll definitely have to look at that after. We have we have last year's still on here. We're we're starting to build a history of it too. Shout out Sean, by the way, he's a listener. Um and we we go every other and I've always matched my pick. So whatever I bet with him is what I put money on in real life. I did it last year too. Um but yeah, we, we go every other. So like since I won more money from him last year, he got first pick this year. Mm. So we, like, rotate that. Fair know? enough. I like but, that. So I did not have first pick in that category. He did. He put, he took Joe Burrow first. Okay. Like, that makes sense then. He's he's a hedger. So sometimes he'll, like, he took the the Rams to win. So he kind of hedged it by taking Joe Burrow. But, yeah. Fair enough. We'll see. I might have to go put money. I, I wish I would have done it originally because the odds for Aaron Donald to win Super Bowl MVP, like, right after the NFC title game was, like, 200 to 1. I think it's, like, 20 to 1 now. He so. has he has Aaron Aaron Donald was his last pick. Really, mm-hmm. I think it's a solid. If there's a defensive player to win, it, I think it's going to be him. It could be. I mean, Jalen Ramsey has three picks or two picks or something wild in a return. Just to, just a pick six, yeah, I think I does it. Say, he could he could very. But it well. also depends on how close the game is. If it's say, a forty-five to six game, defensive not, player's not winning. No, there's no way. No. Yeah. But that's the Super Bowl. Anything else you want to add to that now that we're 10 minutes over our time limit? Uh, not too much. Uh, obviously, the NBA trade deadline will have also happened as the NFL honors are happening a day after the mm. – or the same day as the show coming out. So uh, the deadline's been a little bit crazy. We're just going to recap all the trade deadline stuff that's happened in the last week or two next week. So we'll definitely have NBA content. We'll have to cut yeah. 
cuts them short, hopefully, with one game to we'll, talk we'll about. We'll have less NFL stuff to talk about, so we'll be able to preview, you know, yeah. talk about the Super Bowl, spend more time. We'll definitely have an episode next week. We might take a little break. We may. We'll have more news on that next week, kind of we, what we, we want to do. We haven't fully decided, but just know that, like, I, I need a break. Yeah, Tim's schedule is crazy these days. I'm, I'm working crazy long weeks, and, I mean, we've put out 19 of these shows. so Yeah, haven't missed a week yet. If you haven't heard it, we still recorded it, I promise. Yeah. So even the weeks you didn't hear us, we I promise we recorded it. Yeah, we still we record show, we've recorded shows for every every single week. So yeah. it's uh it's a grind, no doubt. So, you know, we're gonna do the the old Colin Cowherd and, you know, maybe take a week or two off and yeah. go to Utah and go skiing or something. Go skiing, just we may just study up on the NBA the whole time. That's maybe what yeah, I do. Just... I I've got I, and honestly I'm gonna need time to catch back because I just know the Knicks suck this year and that's pretty much and the Cavs are oddly good. Like besides that, they are I'm, weirdly good. I'm like just out of the loop, pretty yeah. much. So we're gonna get into the loop, and it'll be we're definitely not gonna stop talking about football with the off season coming up. No, we're nerds. Yeah. Off season is just as exciting, if not more exciting. So if you've got fun hypotheticals, don't don't be afraid to throw us at it. Oh, we'll do a lot of that. We'll probably do you know be ready for like our top ten list of mock drafts will happen. Yeah, Owen did it last year. But we'll, uh, I'll probably be with him. It's a joint effort this year. That's if he resigns me. I am a free agent. I haven't signed a second year contract with uh, BDL. So I'm looking for the extension, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Owen hasn't offered it for me to. So the, my my chair might be open on the podcast next year. We'll see. We'll I see might be, I might be a free agent. Who knows? Maybe I'll go play QB for Green Bay. I mean, you there know. you go. Yeah, switch out. Trade with Pat McAfee. <laughs> you can go on that show for uh, a while. I'll, yeah. I'll run his show or something. You know, we'll figure we'll figure something out. Yeah, for sure. Uh, other than that, that's going to do it for episode 19 for you guys. Obviously, Super Bowl coming up. We'll make sure you guys go follow the TikTok, Boys Don't Lie podcast on TikTok. That's going to have everybody's What's Streaming, The Mansion, One of One, Bullpen Bros, BDL itself. We'll all have content on there. Yeah. Um, if, if you have an interest, there's a BDL podcast for it at this point. Yeah, 100%. I would say, I would say we, we have a majority, a good good chunk of stuff coming. the only thing we're not covering right now is really like nba basketball and that's coming uh, we're, we're gonna pick up that slack here in a little bit yeah we're gonna attack that trust me um that's gonna do it for episode 19 make sure you guys go listen all shows are out bdl's out tomorrow um another great show trust me you are in for a a doozy of a bdl tomorrow you're definitely gonna want to be there uh, a everyone always talks about the Juice World pop smoke incident that happened in season. I believe it. It was either I think it was season one. Um, there was a something that is comparable. I wouldn't say it's up there. It, it's definitely up there, but it's not one. It, this might be the second best episode we have. So make sure you listen to BDL tomorrow. Tap in with the whole slate. The Mansion had his new episode out this week. Bullpen Bros. One uh, and what streaming is out. Other than that, obviously keep it locked for next week. The whole slate's back again. One on one will be out on Wednesday for the for the cycle, and uh, that's going to do it for us. Stay safe, stay healthy, eat some good food while you watch the Super Bowl, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>